0: He claiming
1: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and unfortunately, Abe is not here. He is uh, out on assignment this week, but Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies, we most of most for review, the occasional commentary track, or some other film movie topic. This is episode 503, 503. And this week we have a double header. Uh, we are talking Bullet Train and Prey, two summer action movies, only one of them in theaters. Uh, but It's going to be fun because we have some cool guests this week joining us to discuss Bullet Train and Prey. We have writer for Slash Film and co-hosts of Ben, Brad and Beyond, a morning radio show, along with the Go Flicks Yourself podcast. He auditioned for the same role as Bad Bunny at Bullet Train. It's Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Also joining us, the other host of Ben, Brad, Brad and Beyond and the Go Flicks Yourself podcast. And I'm just going to start calling him the mayor of LaPorte, Indiana, but he's no Comanche. It's Ben Conowitz.
2: Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. How are the two of you doing today? I'm fantastic. Bradford, how are you, buddy? Did you get enough sleep
3: last night? We're going to have a good time? I'm doing pretty well. My gutter business is thriving. Uh, my arcade uh, is on the way. Um, I have a junk removal business and I re- I do stuff for Slash Film too. It's crazy how successful and busy I am.
2: Brad, you realize that Aaron's podcast is much more successful than ours, meaning that no one knows who the hell we are. And that's very confusing.
3: I, but, but I it. want to make sure people know how busy I am, how much I do, and that you don't do anything else outside of appearing on random podcasts.
2: You know what? It's very true. It's very I, true. And I, you know what? But I do have the blue check mark next to my name, and you don't. So, uh, no, no, that's not true either. Actually, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you guys right now.
1: Aaron Abe and the airwaves. Our radio show is doing great at the four a.m. slot in Salt Lake City, Utah. So, I mean, we nice. got that going for us. Perfect. Um, do you guys have a radio station? No, but it would be great if it was called Aaron Abe in and the and the airwaves. I think that's a good be. name. Yeah, i, I, hey, think, Brad, I think Did I think...
2: you really? Did you just fall for that? Did you you thought that he had a radio station <laughs> it, it, in, it, it, in it, it, Salt Lake City it, it, at four a.m.
1: Here's the thing.
3: Aaron okay. is a successful media journalist. He has a, a, a great podcast, and he also has a very
1: deadpan delivery. So sometimes I'm not sure.
0: <laughs>
3: this
1: is gonna be no fun. I mean, it's so much fun. <laughs> it, it was the conviction I had in selling a name that I just made
2: up of a radio show. That yeah, and it's doing. and
3: it sounded it
1: sounded good. And you know what? Maybe Salt Lake City needs
2: like early morning radio shows. Yeah, you know. getting off third so shift or you know, working the is, steel mills. Aaron, I just I need you to write that down, okay, buddy? I'm gonna write yeah, that title Aaron, down. By by Brian, to, that's just a good name it's,
3: yeah and then one day we'll do a crossover episode of ben brandon Beyond, and uh Aaron you can even do saying it. why Brad, can't anybody and
2: including us say the name of our
3: freaking show it's ben yeah. Brad, and beyond it's not that hard the thing is i don't normally have to say it so i'm not that's worried that, about yeah.
1: it yeah exactly that's fine anyway there's a movie show we have to do yeah um so let's get to that glad to have you guys here though glad to have you guys back as always Thank um so first up some real some quick show notes uh new commentary track every month we do a commentary track for this podcast always a lot of fun and this month we are going back in time to the days of film noir to talk kiss me deadly a concept that scott mendelson decided to joke about And i told him we should do this and he said yes not thinking it would actually happen and now it's actually going to happen so that is the commentary we're gonna record uh this week it's gonna be a lot of fun um also, what else? Uh, of course, iTunes. If you like all this crazy banter, well, there's a lot of that over the course of many years. And you can find it all on iTunes where you can find our podcast out and out there. And Dave, you can click that. You can see all the list of shows. And be like, there is a lot of this. And then you could also be like, oh, there's a reviews and ratings tab, as people tend to say when they look at iTunes. <laughs> and they can write us a rating, rating and review. That'd be uh, That'd be great. People do love having inner monologues while looking at their iTunes page. Yeah, I I tend to think that's how, like, that's how it goes on on Friday when I check for, like, new music on iTunes. Like, what's going on here? As I say out loud to myself. And then (laughs) I check the old iTunes pages for podcasts and see the readings. Ooh, a review and ratings page. (laughs) I also like Related. What's related to us? That's that's the page I like to check also. So
0: yeah, a
3: hundred awesome. other podcasts that <laughs> no one listens to. We all now we're just
2: sound like really old men like driving through town. Like, oh, when did that Chipotle close? It says to himself, <laughs> driving to
3: work. <laughs> Which I'd have known. I'd have gone there and gotten one last terrible burrito. Oh, Doug loves movies. I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, me, me and Doug have something in common. Maybe I'll enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, it sounds like Doug likes weed a lot
1: more now. <laughs> Uh, all right what else our summer movie gamble Uh, this is of course the competition that myself and Abe and many other uh, frequent guests of the show uh, put together every summer predicting the top 10 highest grossing films of the box office at the domestic box office and uh, some updates this week as bullet train came out which is of course one of the heavy contenders it made 30 million dollars this weekend uh, taking number one we'll see where that carries through the rest of the month here to see if it winds up in the uh, final top 10 uh, DC League of Super Pets made another $11 million, so it's at 45 so far. We'll see. Nope, uh, made another $8 million, putting it at 97 Uh, Maybe a little lower than expectations, but certainly still making money. Then you got Thor, uh, another $7 million, and Minions, another 7 The biggest curiosity I might have is whether or not Thor or Minions is going to finish, which one's going to finish ahead of the other. Um, so yeah, that's the top five, and the rest is a lot of the same stuff that I've been reading off. Um, so yeah. There we
2: go. Hey, how much okay. did Prey make? Uh, <laughs> oh, you say. know, Pre,
1: Unlike Netflix, Pre, I don't think Hulu tends to be like. Guess what? We had the third highest um, viewership of all of our original movies ever. Like me- I, me- uh, members watched a million hours of Prey this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Hulu tends to be like, yeah, it's out and people like it. <laughs> it seems to be their mo on these things. So, uh, I have no. I, I know you're kidding as far as how much it makes, and it's a shame because it should be in theaters. But, um.
2: I'd like to think the viewership was high. Hey, listen, I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that had dinner, they watched this particular film, then they had sex later. It was a real eat, pray, love kind of night. Uh, that's for you, red. That's for you. That's off the top of my I mean, head two, right now. Two, that's for two you. Two
1: parts of that were actually correct because my dad and I had dinner. And we're watching part, like we saw it in theaters at a screening. Uh, they were that like, could have gotten what's awkward real fast. <laughs> I, I prefaced it by saying two parts of that are all right. <laughs> but, but But we didn't know
3: which two parts, so... <laughs>
1: But yeah, we will, we will I'll, I am curious what the viewership would be on on Brave. It's like super high because it's like a predator film that's new at home. That's something. Um, but we'll see. And a, and a good one. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's that's some show notes here. Let's move on. Let's let's get to some out now quickies. TM each week out now we late to talk about. Okay, that's out of the way. Uh, let's start with Brad. Brad, what other movies or media in general have you seen recently? Oh, boy.
3: Uh, last night I watched Columbus, uh, which is a film by Kogonada, who also directed After Gang, uh, which is one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd heard that it was good when it was on the festival circuit and hadn't gotten a chance to check it out. Um, and uh, it's set in Columbus, Indiana, which isn't, you know, too far away from where, where me and Ben live in LaPorte, Indiana. Uh, and it was actually interesting to learn I, I had no idea that Columbus was this like mecca of modern architecture, architecture. Yeah. Um, and not only that this is just a really good uh, you know indie movie um, with uh, John Cho and Haley Ch- Lou Richardson uh, the latter of which is also an Uh and I, I really liked it you know it, it hits some familiar beats that uh, indie movies tend to uh, do especially when you have like um a uh, a meandering college age student trying to figure their life out and then uh you know an adult um yeah educator or intellectual also kind of in a, a state of arrested development and having their own family issues and they both kind of help each other along the way uh but you know uh, good performances and uh incredible cinematography and uh between this and after yang i really like Kogonada's work and I, i'm really interested to see
1: uh what else he's got coming up in the works I entirely agree with what you just said. Columbus is a really interesting movie. And I I also really like After Yang as well. But uh, he's certainly, didn't he sign up for something recently? Like when maybe rumored on something? For Code I'm not sure. sure Actually, You're on Slash Film. You're supposed to have this on top of your head.
2: I do this all the time. (laughs) I reach out to Brad and say, listen, you know this, right? He's like, why would I know that? You work for a slash film, you need to know all this off the top no, of your but
3: head. He, here's the thing the last time this happened and there was like some <laughs> kind of outrage about it, they, they were uh, my Ben and our uh, other podcast co host Nate were upset that I didn't know what Steve Gutenberg was doing.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I stand by that. I absolutely, so, i Oh, let's stop here. I absolutely stand by that statement. Like, uh, you should know jeez
1: I'm, geez, not, geez. I'm not seeing something in specifically as far as his next film project but I I, did, I do remember that he directed a couple of episodes or like like, like um, half the episodes or something of that Apple TV show Pachenko he and um not not Steve Gutenberg yeah, yeah, oh, no. oh, he's, like, he's wow. the star he plays an Asian man it's very controversial uh, <laughs> He, he he's trying to make up for short circuit but did it the wrong way. oh damn I was just Oh, oh just damn snap. it! Got me.
3: Oh, nice uh <laughs> yeah that's the most recent i'm trying to think of anything else that i watched recently um oh you know what i did watch and we talked about this on a recent episode of our sure. podcast go flick yourself or uh it's not out at the time of this recording but maybe it will be by the time this is out um but i watched rat race
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i saw you yeah, on twitter you mentioned that you watched watch and, Race.
3: Uh, and that movie is real bad guys uh <laughs> it is the first time i had seen it uh, i missed it back uh in 2001 when it came out when i was in high school and uh it's just a real stupid farce um you know it's directed by jerry zucker who's part of the zucker abram zucker parody team that did airplane and naked gun mm-hmm. and it's just a, a very slapsticky movie and i like slapstick comedy from time to time you know especially in those those classic movies but this movie is just this weird combination of trading places and like cannonball run or it's a mad 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 mad, 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 mad world, world. Yeah. and with like a bunch of looney tunes-esque humor and it's really just like a series of vignettes of just silly uh physical comedy and it just didn't work for me with the exception of i think the best part of the movie is probably everything that john lovitz is doing um but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh it's it's pretty rough, and, uh, after i tweeted about this too it was weird there's like a a decent like handful of people who are like oh my god no i love this movie and it's like a lot of there's a
1: big fan base for rat race of all it doesn't
3: make any sense whatsoever
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it has a who's who of players of 2001 you had brecken Meyer, amy Mm -hmm. smart whoopi goldberg Mm -hmm. cuba uh, gooding jr cuba gooding jr i mean just this face is a lot john cleese still relevant today and all for all the right reasons (laughs) just people knocking it out so
3: yeah so uh don't don't watch frat race
1: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) or do inform your own opinions brad Mm, not even really (laughs) (laughs) how about you ben have you seen anything recently uh, yeah, we're doing a new thing on the on our show where uh, our, our other co-host Nate and I have to come up with a movie for Brad. And that's what Rat Race was. And so then Nate and Brad uh-huh. came up with a movie maybe that I have never seen before. And I'm not an, I'm not really an indie guy. I'm not really a romantic guy. And so they had me watch Before Sunrise, uh, which I had never seen. And so I watched Before Sunrise. Uh, the girlfriend and I sat down and watched it and then immediately watched Before Midnight. Uh, and no, Before Sunset. Before Sunset. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I skipped ahead. Before Sunset and now i want to watch uh, of course before uh, before midnight because it's uh, these movies are amazing i, yeah, uh, I like, you get it yeah i get it now they're so freaking good and uh what uh brad what the the french actress is named julie delp julie delp yeah delp delp yeah, yeah uh she she kind of uh Really resembles my girlfriend. We were watching this movie, and it was really funny because we we kind of paused it a few times just to say like she kind of looks like her, and and I was, I was like, oh yeah, she's really cute, and, then I, and my girlfriend's like, oh thank God. <laughs> so it was a yeah, it's a fun time.
3: They had a little eat, pray, love uh, situation of their own.
2: Oh boy, talking about sex, it man. Was a very, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you leave Aaron's father out of this. Oh uh, we, boy. We, <laughs> We had a really good time watching it, and I am I'm really looking forward to uh, before midnight. I, I'm glad you're enjoying these, those are magnificent films.
1: It's a great, yeah, it's th- one of the best trilogies, um, yeah, out there. And Sunset, in yeah, particular, just an
2: absolutely wonderful film. Yeah, um, I'm
1: looking
2: forward to midnight for sure. Because, Brad, didn't you say that that's one of the movies you went out of your way at Sundance to see twice?
3: Yeah, it's the only movie that when I went to uh, was going to Sundance, um. Like for for yeah for I had been going for years at that point that it was I went around to see it one more time before I left the festival.
1: Cool, high praise. I've seen a few movies that I'll make mention of right here, and I'll I'll bring this one right away. This one called "I Love My Dad." <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> have you seen this movie, Brad?
3: I have. I watched it uh, when it did um, South by Southwest, uh, and I I did cover it remotely for Slash One for that, so I watched that. And... Yeah, so
1: so this one stars Patton Oswalt. Um, he is. He is, of course, a father who has kind of his situation with his son is where he's kind of estranged from him. And so he of all decisions decides to basically catfish him in order to get closer to his son. And there's humor in I like I like this movie overall, but the like the humor in it, it yeah it's like a cringe comedy, but like, I would say it's all building to because like, obviously, the situation has to end in some way, and there's only yeah. one inevitable way for that to happen. So it's a matter of seeing how that occurs, and the way they find for that to happen, it like is the ultimate version of cringe comedy. Like it's very, yeah. it really takes it to like an extreme that it's like, well, this just got the worst it could be. Oh. Um, <laughs> but uh I-, I will say, as much as it's like a. You know a comedy like I think Pat Oswalt's doing some and he's had like quite a few like roles I think that really work for him. I think this might be a career best performance for me. He's like really good in this movie.
3: Yeah he's fantastic uh, in this in this movie. I like I liked it a lot because it's it's a dark comedy and it's a cringe comedy. Ben has a real problem with cringe comedy. He'll never be able to watch this movie. Fair um, enough. Um but uh but yeah I, I liked it a lot and it's it does a really good job of like dealing with the comedy and what what oswald really makes work in this is like his dad is doing just really despicable like heinous t- horribly misguided things but you, but, yeah. but you still feel for the guy because he's just so desperate to connect with his son and he's like he he really recognizes that like he has failed and like is is trying his best in the worst way possible uh and so that's it's it's, a, it's an incredible balancing act that that oswald puts up pulls off and it's a really good movie and
1: yeah. it's based on a true story that's the fun thing to throw in there also and
3: yeah and, I, and i'd really like to know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like to, yeah apparently they got so the guy james morosini who uh the directed, writer director
1: and he plays the son in the movie yeah,
3: yeah apparently this really happened to him i don't know to the extent to which that this that it <laughs> happened but but yeah apparently it's based on a true
2: story yeah i couldn't even watch growing pains growing up because mike siever would do something and i'd be like just tell your parents the truth just what are you doing and that's so the I'll only ever. reason you can't watch growing
1: pains now <laughs> uh, <laughs> um I've seen a couple other movies. first is uh, 13 Lives. This is the Ron Howard film that's based uh, based around the the Thai cave um situation where the kids got lost in the cave and they had to get rescued out of it. Um I'm a big fan of The Rescue, the documentary from last year from the directors of Free Solo. So I thought this is just going to be pretty redundant to see like a dramatic version of it um that said this might be one of Warren howard's better like best films like it's very good Uh, i'm very surprised how much i like this movie probably because it's very just stripped down and there's not much like you have Vigo mortensen and colin farrell who are very much underplaying their roles the whole film feels underplayed in a way that's not quite at the level of like apollo 13 but certainly at like a we're not trying to like sell a flashiness here. We're just trying to recreate an experience and kind of show what that felt like to varying degrees. And it's effective, does the job. Uh so yeah. Um also watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, this is the new A24 horror comedy, um, uh, featuring a number of uh, young actresses as well as uh, what's his, what's his name? Pete, <laughs> Pete Davidson. Davidson. Pete Davidson, of course, and Lee Pace, because why not? Um I I think the movie works well enough as a slasher with a kind of a different sort of approach. Uh, it's interesting getting this movie in the same year as a new Scream movie that kind of complement each other in their own way, as far as one being a, you know, kind of soft reboot and the other being this kind of like, like, what if we did this, but in a new way with a new generation type of thing. And in overall, I think it works. It's really well shot, which is something I kept like noticing, like it, it uses very little lighting except for the light from the cell phones that light this house that's in blackout for most of the movie. And I I admired the cinematography of a film like this. It did pretty really go with that. Along with it's just pretty funny. There, I think the, the cast do well to sell this kind of they're all mean girls that have lots of grudges against each other. And that's used to the film's advantage in the screenplay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty solid. Uh, I watched Easter Sunday. This is the new Joe Coy comedy. Um do you guys know like Joe Coy's standout are, are you familiar with like Joe Coy as a comedian? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I, I I am less so. I like know of him without having like sat down to watch like a special of Joe Coy or anything. It seems fine. This movie's whatever, bad. I mean, it's not, it's it's <laughs> like I like what it's trying to do as far as like, hey, he made a movie, he wants to like kind of tell this story of family and and, you know, like Filipino Well, Joe jo
2: Koi's like. been around for quite a while on the yeah. stand-up circuit, and he's got, mm-hmm. you know, multiple specials, uh, or multiple albums at least, and mm-hmm. I know lately he's had a couple of specials, and so this is probably like, okay, I'm, you know, he's peaking, mm-hmm. let's give him a movie, let's see what happens, and so and I'm hearing that, you know, maybe not not the best. Yeah, it's not like a fault of, like, him as,
1: like, a performer or what have you, that's, like, the movie, which is directed by Jay Chandrasekhar, who, you know, is the, of, of Broken Lizard fame, and there are like two different moments where a setting that does not require a solo speaker to do monologues is given that chance. One is at a church where the reverend is just like, Hey, what if Joe just gets on stage and just talks about things for a while? I was like, What? Why? Is, why, why? Why would he just sit here? Let's and- <laughs> get some stand up in here. <laughs> it's Easter Sunday. Why is he giving a mon- Why is he giving his <laughs> tight five? Like, that's weird. Ah. And then, like, another happens, like, I think, like the dinner table or something. Well, now so, I want to see it. And it's like, there's nothing at all new with any of this as far as the kind of arc that it has or what have you. It's just a series of, you know, excuses to get some comedic sequences going between Joe Coy and, like, the people playing. But it has like, funny people like, uh, Eugene Cordero and Jimmy O. Yang and what have you. Like, there's stuff in there that's humorous, but, like, the movie's bad. It's a bad comedy. Not Rat Race bad. But it's
2: still, but it's not like <laughs> You, you didn't... leave Rat Race out of this, Aaron.
1: <laughs> Tia Carrera's in it, too, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she plays his auntie. Um, yeah, and she and the in joke with the actress playing his mother have like a rivalry going on and it's like well it's too rare in a movie in a while I guess I've like it, in a minute yeah yeah uh but yeah it's it's nothing special it's which is you know whatever <laughs> Joe koi um last thing I want to mention is Carter. uh this is a movie from Byung-gil Jung he directed the villainous a couple years ago which is pretty cool this movie it's not as good as the villainous but it's it's on Netflix and it's a trip it's designed to like, it's not trying to convince you that it's one shot, but it's certainly designed to take place in like real time where the camera's constantly tracking the actor and whoever else is on screen throughout just action after action. It's 90% action. It's, it features this guy who lost his memory and has to figure out who he is. And he's, it's like a giant chase and he has to rescue people and team up with people. And just, it's just an excuse for nonstop action sequences. It is filmed in a like beyond just the gimmick of it feeling like it's mostly handled within like a, a continuous shot. It's it has this kind of like stuttering effect that's like I it's hard to describe except for it just gives it a very unique look that's either going to piss everybody off or entertain the fact that they're trying to do something like this. Um uh, Again, it's on Netflix. It's way too long. It's over two hours. But it's like, if you watch this movie for like the first 20 minutes, you get a good idea of what you're going to be in for for the rest of it. So if you're into that, then keep going because it just gets crazier as it goes along. That's Carter. Um, All right. It's enough for me. It's enough and out of quickies. Yeah. Let's
2: move on. Hey, uh Aaron, let me ask you a quick question. Sure. Uh You watch all those movies uh since what? Since yesterday? Like, w- what is your timeline here? Because I'm uh, so three jealous. minutes
1: before this podcast. I just set up six TVs,
2: put it on fast forward and went through.
1: <laughs> uh, no, throughout the past two weeks. Uh, two
2: weeks. OK, two yeah, weeks. That's two not weeks bad. Year. then. I, OK, yeah. then I'm just I'm just a slacker. That's all. I feel like a slacker whenever I'm on this podcast.
1: <laughs> it's the kind of thing where we didn't have a regular show last week. So I had to, like, <laughs> save up some quickies.
2: So I got gotcha. you this week. Gotcha. So. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's get to some trailer talk. We talk about the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. This week we have Devotion. This is a new action war drama from director J.D. Dillard. Directed films such as Slight and Sweetheart. Um, this is I'll just read the synopsis. This is the true story of camaraderie and friendship between U.S. Navy aviators Jesse L. Brown and Thomas J. Hunter Jr. during the Korean War. The film features Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell. And uh, I'm curious, uh, Brad, what, excuse me, what do you think of the trailer for Devotion?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm very interested in seeing Top Gun 1950. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where I'm at. It's that, I mean, it's, it's very clearly what they're going for here, I think. It's, uh, yeah, this movie was obviously in the works before Top Gun Maverick became such a huge hit, but I, I know that in the aftermath of that, being movie, that movie being so big that this is probably going to be endlessly compared to that. But it does have a Top Gun vibe. You know, even if Top Gun Maverick didn't come out this year, I would have been like, oh, this looks like like a 1950s Top Gun movie, which uh, honestly, I'm I'm all for. I love Jonathan Majors. Glenn Powell is great in Top of, Gun Maverick. Of Top Gun
1: fame, yeah, yeah, course, yeah,
0: yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> um, so so yeah, you know, this looks this looks like it could be uh, pretty cool. I hope it's not, you know, one of those like there there are certain war movies that are just, are very melodramatic and heavy handed and just sure. like like really lay into the emotion to the point where like it doesn't feel quite as genuine. Uh, as it could, and I hope this doesn't land uh, among you know those kinds of movies. But uh, I, I think my the one thing that I am a little bit concerned about or or maybe just not impressed by in this trailer is that unlike Top Gun Maverick, Uh, It's very clear that like the aerial sequences are created with visual effects as opposed to a lot of the real flying that they did in Top Gun Maverick, uh, which is a little bit, you know, disappointing. Obviously, they can be hard to do, especially with, you know, planes that were in in the 1950s. It feels Um, like
1: poor timing as opposed to like a a lack of, you know, effort or skill. Because it's like if Top Gun Maverick didn't come out, it's not like you couldn't, you know see the fact that it's cg but you just like got a movie that has jets doing stuff and you're like okay we're back to the old version of this
3: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so um i think it looks like it could be pretty good though i'm I'm hopeful um and yeah I'll, i'll definitely give it a shot how about you ben
2: uh, yeah, no, I mean, this is, uh, if Top Gun Maverick is, is Transformers, then this looks like it's like the Transmorphers, where it's basically this. <laughs> I don't know if I'd over. go that far. Uh, I'm just, uh, <laughs> it, it's, no, it's, it's going to be exactly that, right? Like, it's, it, it is, I, I believe that Aaron hit the nail on the head here. It's unfortunate timing, because in any other year, this would have been fine, you know, as long as they don't go too melodramatic with it, which it, the trailer is cut together so that it's a, a heavier on the action. And uh, there's just uh, the element of race in there, of course. And we'll see what they try to do with that. If I don't know. Green Book in the Sky doesn't appeal to me too much. I don't know. That, that part of it, to make it that heavy-handed, is, is going to be tough if they go that route. But it's a trailer. So, you know, I hope they just made a solid action movie, uh, kind of an underdog story. That's something I could get behind.
1: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm I'm looking forward to this movie while being like I don't know cautiously optimistic just because yes for one thing it is a movie that has to rely based on both time period as well as just not everyone has Tom Cruise money <laughs> to be able to like bring and out I the stuff. And I will say yeah, the, the,
2: the CGI and everything, it doesn't look, it doesn't look bad. It yeah. Yeah. So
1: I would say the things that are propelling me forward with the uh, No Pen um, is <laughs> that I, I think Jonathan Majors, I, I, I'd like to think he's choosing roles wisely. And I'd like yeah. to think that he chose this for a reason. Um and that he had a good feeling about it. So I'm hoping that plays a role into this. Also, I think we all like Glenn Powell. He just seems like a good guy to be around. So uh, I- I'm hoping the two of them in this kind of setting does work in its favor as opposed to being too heavy-handed. Um, and honestly, J.D. Dillard I think Slight is fine. I think Sweetheart's pretty solid. Um, so the idea of his- I like I like both of those movies actually
3: yeah. a, a decent amount. So yeah,
1: so I I like to think that him stepping up into a you know a a bigger studio production. I hope it works out well. Um, in that regard. Um. Also, Ben, uh, I know you love the Jonas
3: Brothers, and uh, <laughs> so, oh jo- my God, Joe Jonas is going to be in this movie. Well, so. I'm first in line.
2: There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a dev- joke, everyone in America that's listening. I I only li- I only like the Jonas
1: Brothers. <laughs> well, Devotion opens in theaters uh, November twenty-third this year. It also premieres at TIFF in September. So we'll get some early word on it at least at some point. Okay, let's move on now. Let's uh, let's get to our let's get to our the first of our main reviews for Bullet Train.
0: Do you want it simple for your first job back? Doesn't get simpler. We need to find a person who took that case. That's too easy. Shit, what? Remember those two wackos from the Bolivia job? The twins? Yeah, i not so sure they're twins. Get off the train.
2: You stabbed me? I would never stop coming by you. What? I missed my stop. something else going on here. Hi. You don't remember me. You look like every white homeless man I've ever seen. Really? You don't remember me?
1: That should have been some of the trailer for Bullet Train. Based on a Japanese novel by Katara Osaka, Brad Pitt stars as Ladybug, a reluctant assassin hoping to maintain a positive and non-violent attitude while on a job to collect a briefcase aboard a bullet train. Things become more complicated as we soon learn this train is also being occupied by several other assassins, all there for connected reasons paths cross, violence ends up occurring along with other wacky hijinks as this train speeds along to Kyoto. The film was directed by David Leach, one half of the original John Wick team. He has since delivered Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, and Hobbs and Shaw. Brad, did this train arrive on time, or did it go off the rails?
3: Oh, uh, You know, (laughs) somewhere in the middle, I think. Um, I found this movie to be uh, entertaining uh, and amusing, but I just felt like it didn't entirely come together for me as something that was remarkable. I, I think that there's a, a great ensemble of actors and characters here. Uh, there's some decent action, but for me, a lot of the comedic writing kind of fell short. Uh, it felt like they were like repeating a lot of jokes, and they could have done some punching up, just making things better in that regard. And there's something about it that I felt like it was just lacking stylistically. Like I wanted them to maybe take it like one level higher so it felt like it was a little bit more than like a a a zero sugar version of like Quentin Tarantino meets Guy Ritchie because like it just I I felt like it needed to be pushed uh just to you know a a little bit of a higher peak in that regard because there's some really cool stuff here uh and I like what a lot of the actors are doing but it just something didn't entirely click for me and I just walked away being like oh okay yeah that was fine
1: how about you Ben are you are you into uh this version of Brad Pitt
2: uh, yeah this this uh this train arrived at the station with a happy passenger in Ben Conowitz. What I no uh, I really <laughs> didn't no, but I did enjoy this movie. I like that I, we I all do it.
1: this so we all can do do the
2: voice if we need to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, so uh, Brad Pitt's you know nonchalant assassin character uh it is a lot of fun and i really did enjoy the movie i liked the thomas the tank the tank engine stuff i liked uh i liked fiji water i liked so uh, there's just, there's a lot to like here and stylistically i thought it was it wasn't anything that rewrote you know history but at the same time it, it did level up a little bit from something like atomic blonde which i thought had a had a good like look to it but it, there was no movie there i agree with you this, this had a good look to it and now there's kind of a movie so it's almost like uh, the director's he's getting better at, at that kind of stuff, and, and realistically, like I was, I thought this was going to be Brad Pitt's on a train, and they're sending wave after wave of assassin from different you know genres after him, kind of like a almost like a Kill Bill type situation, mm-hmm. um, with with uh, just different characters. But I did like the backstory, like the wolf had you know not just a 10 second backstory, but there was a whole five minute scene, and it gave me like who this guy is and. They did the same thing with uh, a lot of the characters where they did th- they did a pretty damn good of fleshing them out when you're considering this is just supposed to be a silly throwaway, you know, fight on a train movie. They they I think they did a pretty serviceable job of that and I w- I really enjoyed it from front to to back. I enjoyed the the whole movie. I think I'm a little in between you guys where
1: I appreciate what both of you're saying. I can't say like I love the movie, but I certainly had a fun time with it and more so as it went along. I think the it kind of built up momentum as it was going and I kind of embraced more of it as I was going but I still like I see some of its shortcomings as well or right? I don't think it's necessarily doing anything all that innovative It's just trying to have a good time and there's nothing wrong with that I do think it's just supposed to be a good time I I like that as Ben you're just alluding to that it is more of like an ensemble film as opposed to just Brad Pitt does all this that said Brad Pitt's very fun here I like the the attitude he's taken He he's like he's I don't know, among other roles, like something like a continuation of The Mexican, where he's just kind of like this hapless assassin that kind of gets roped into things and doesn't really want to be there. I, I like that kind of comedic tone that he's taking with this. And then from a stylistic standpoint, yeah, it's certainly evoking like 2000s gangster comedy kind of movies. Nothing wrong with that if it works, though, and I do think it mostly works because I like this ensemble, especially, particularly Aaron Taylor-Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry as the twins. I, I think they're Pretty consistently um, entertaining to watch in this movie, and then you have the action side of things where I I think it works best in the smaller spurts when there's just like one on one encounters that are taking place here. But it's still like entertaining because you have David Lee, who, regardless of how much you like his movies, I do think he, you know has you know, obviously he's you know a former stuntman or what have like they he has an eye for what he wants he to capture with the sure. action. So like I, I do think that stuff works overall just because it's. It's planned out in ways that feel Unique to itself and fun and Different um, We talked about uh, uh, I, I talked about Brad Pitt a bit Brad what do you think of Brad Pitt in this movie uh,
3: You know I liked him for the most part but I I Felt like the shtick started to Get more heightened And more annoying as the movie <laughs> Went on like like in, Especially in the, th- the third act like all of a Sudden it felt like he was really hamming up like Oh man and it's like no what are we doing here and it's just like well we fucking get it man <laughs> like you're you're not into this anymore and you're, you're just trying to get through your day you know it's it's like John McClane constantly saying he's supposed to be on vacation and and a good day to die hard it's like yeah oh, gee.
1: yeah
3: um so you know he he was enjoyable but like yeah that started to grate on me towards the end one of the I think one of the biggest complaints I have in the movie is like a few of the things that it really tried to have fun with and were the more intriguing parts to me mm-hmm. ended up didn't really like delivering on their setup and I don't want to spoil anything
1: for we're not, we're not doing spoilers right no if we yeah. if we really need to we can later but we don't generally
3: Here, here's what i'll say and i'll say in a vague way there there are certain uh characters and how they are set up that create this level of intrigue and mystery and when those when the shroud is pulled away and the mystery is revealed it's not quite as exciting as you might hope it would be uh there's one certain character that is like you know kind of in the background and you're like oh who who is this what's going on and, le- and unless you have like kept track of the ensemble cast that hasn't yet been introduced based on who you saw in the trailers, then like, you might be expecting, you know, a big cameo from somebody for a certain character, uh, maybe even two characters and those don't really happen. But surprisingly enough, there are two random cameos that I'm like, why didn't you just make one of those actors that character and have a little bit more fun with it? Um, So, yeah, I will say like the, 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 the big bad of the movie, that was a, uh, a good casting season. and I don't want to say who it is just because it's it's not like it's a, a big surprise necessarily but they do keep the identity of like the movie's main villain a a secret for most of the movie yeah um, if, if, it,
1: like i i stumbled onto it because I just kept track of the posters for this movie yeah <laughs> so I,
0: I, like... I I
3: actually didn't i even though I had seen the trailer tons of times, in theaters, I had forgotten that this person was supposed to be in the movie. And so when it came around, I was like, Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And he, and the, that person is great in this movie as well. Um, but, but yeah, there's an (laughs) Oswald, but there are just, there's, there's some weird choices in, in that regard that I felt like that they could have done something better with. Um, and, and as much as I love, I do agree with you. I I think Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tynor Henry are great together, uh, as lemon and Tangerine. But, like, I thought the Thomas the Tank Engine stuff, like, what, was a little too much and didn't always work as well as it should have. And then also uh, the thing when they're, like, when they're, like, um, lemon, tangerine, they're, like, like, fruit? And it's, like, yeah, like,
1: fruit? What the fuck else would it be? I don't be? know what that's else it that, would be. That, that, that's okay. not funny. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird thing to, like, keep repeating. It's, like, <laughs>
3: like if, unless there's a, 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 a pop duo named Lemon and Tangerine that I don't know about. <laughs> I don't know what the joke is, and it's not funny.
1: <laughs> I I laughed. Oh boy. I, I am curious if the talk, cause you know, this movie is, it's, you know, a broadly international cast. It's a little limited in how international it gets, but like, I wonder if the Tom was the tank engine thing for one thing, maybe it's in the book, but also I wonder if that registers more to like a UK audience or something like that, if that's more. Yeah.
3: I mean, the Thomas, the train tank engine or t- train, Yeah. Tank engine is, uh, is bigger in the UK than it is in the US but sort of like
1: like Tintin is bigger in Europe right right than it is yeah. here i wonder if that is redi so i
2: i really liked the thomas the tank engine stuff i i thought that it it was fine i don't think they overplayed it i thought that it was appropriate i thought that that was uh, a, a, definitely a choice but i really liked it like i thought thematically i
3: i liked it here and there and i and i think that it was a clever way to like give that character like perspective and like set certain things up um, as, as the movie carried on, but like it just felt like they went back to that well too many times.
1: I I liked it because of the way Brian Tyree Henry sold it. I think he the, the you know what he put behind that and how it comes into play in both comedic and dramatic ways later in the film. It yeah, it worked I, well. I liked it
2: because him. exactly because he believed the key, the character believed it right. And as long as the character believes it, that means it's part of the universe that I'm in, and and I'm I'm bought into it. So I I really did enjoy that aspect.
1: It's it's the kind of thing where it's the silly stuff that will probably stick with me more than a lot of the rest of this movie.
2: Uh, that's Yeah. Without just... spoiling anything there, it, the stuff that happens in the bathroom a lot is just really great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like most movies I watch. How about some of the other characters, Ben? What other characters did you enjoy in this movie? Uh So I really like the, the throwaway stuff with the, uh with the, the zookeeper uh interview was just so silly and fun. Because I've seen that actor a bunch of times. Do, does anybody know his name? No. No. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he's a comedic actor uh, that I've seen in, in other things in TV shows. Um, and and he's, he's always very funny. And so just that was kind of like a little Easter egg. Like, oh, I know that guy. That's a, he's been on some stuff that I've seen. That was really fun. But um, who played uh, Domino in uh, Deadpool? Zazie Beats. Yep. She was fantastic uh, in this movie and I, I really liked her uh character and like yeah and the the guy that plays the wolf was was fantastic like bad that bunny whole thing. who um i i have no real familiarity with I oh my god I, yes see it. i don't even know who bad bunny is i'm so sorry that, yeah, like he's,
3: this is... he's a recording artist a yeah yeah recording i know
2: artist. the i know that part but i didn't know that I, I in a lineup i wouldn't be able to pick that guy out right i don't know who that is so, so hip-hop so... is a oh my <laughs> god I'm, I'm 41 and i'm white i get it okay it's fine <laughs> uh but, but no uh, i i agree with you. i liked him in the brief the brief time he had i thought he made an impression absolutely no the, and that's i think the strength of this movie is the the immediate believability of the ensemble cast and how well they interact with one another no matter how much screen time they're sharing or how quickly they're introduced and expected to do something it comes through
1: what what did you guys think of joey king as the prince a month after she played the princess that, yeah, that was
3: actually very interesting. And I just actually recently watched uh, The Princess. So uh, I was just gonna say I really thought Joey King was great in this movie. And she was very good in The Princess too. This is an interesting turn uh, that her career has taken after she basically did like a lot of indie coming of age, uh, teenage high school comedy kind of stuff. And it's really cool to see her uh, taking on these action heavy roles. And uh, yeah, I really liked her. she was you know uh menacing in that you know very quiet subdued kind of way and just the way she carried herself with uh so much confidence and you know d- even just like the look uh, in her in her eyes like she she did a really good job with this kind of character and i i
2: hope that she continues to do more of this i think that i left her out of that because that interaction with her, her and the uh, and the gentleman uh, that that plot line was m- one of my my less favorite parts of the film like i think they spent a lot a lot of time on it when I would have had more fun in, in other plots. I disagree. I, see, I,
1: I agree with Ben where it's not that I like, I like that is on its own. I think I thought was fine, but it, in the midst of this movie, it did feel like a, like how serious do we need to take this part of things in relation to everything else that's going on? Where I will, Ko- say, I will say, I would say Andrew Koji, who plays the father, who's like kind of tied with her for most of the movie. I Like, he he's bringing some kind of, um, I don't know, authority or just, like, a different kind of emotion to this that just, I don't know, it never really clicked with me given the tone of the rest of the movie.
3: Yeah, I, I think that, I don't think that the resolution for her character is necessarily uh the the best but i like what she's doing like th- throughout the movie even if it the the stories that's, that's kind of fumbled in the end
2: yeah so I okay so i feel like if this is a movie which it is this is a movie that's definitely full of a bunch of setups and a lot of payoffs right and so we're all talking about which which storyline set up and which ones pay off and i feel like that storyline between those two characters was set up set up set up a lot and the payoff just wasn't worth it
3: yeah i i would agree the payoff is not as good as all the setup that leads up to it
2: I was, uh, in, my,
1: oh, go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say quickly in relation to Andrew Koji, you have a uh, Hiroyuki Sonata as as his as the father, as his father, as the elder. And he's one of my favorite Japanese actors in general. So I'm like, this, I'm just happy he's here. But I I did like that he has a sense of humor about things. Like there's a way, there's a version of this where he's entirely serious, and there's not like, you know, when it comes to his character, it's just nothing but seriousness. And for the most, like for maybe the first half, it kind of is. But once he gets like more involved i like that he had this kind of i can offer like you know random sage advice to brad pitt or whatever but i'm also like in on the joke like it seemed like he was kind of there with it and i appreciate it he also is he does some cool action stuff by the end as well which i'm like yeah okay cool good for him
2: yeah he was great
3: hey uh so this isn't necessarily a spoiler uh because the character is inconsequential and it's just a fun thing uh did you think that a certain member of the villains' gang was David Harbor. <laughs> I I did. Was it? I I think so. He's not credited or anything. I I didn't see it in the in the credits. But like, Aaron, did you think that that was David Harbor? <laughs>
1: I'm struggling to think of who you're referring to, so I'm guessing maybe. no. So, it, so
3: it's I, this won't spoil anything, but it's it's there's a conversation that happens between two side okay. henchmen yeah. with the briefcase, and it sounded and looked like David
1: Harbour. That's fair. I I didn't I didn't get that vibe personally from. Okay, for, but given the how cameo galore this movie was at times, like you know
2: whatever, <laughs> maybe. I know that Brad was a little annoyed by Brad Pitt's exasperated, you know brad pitt stuff but that scene where uh i'm and i'm sorry i'm gonna screw up the guy's name aaron taylor what is it aaron johnson. taylor johnson aaron taylor johnson and brad pitt uh, uh spoiler alert they, they fight a, a little bit in the movie and then there's a moment where they just have a conversation right after they fight about something that went right or wrong or whatever mm-hmm. and that moment that was some of the that was some of the more fun acting i saw in the entire movie it yeah. was exasperated Brad Pitt and pissed off uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and that dynamic between them in that scene. I w- I don't know that I've had more fun watching two actors work in, in a while. It looked it looked it was just very fun.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And for one thing, Aaron Taylor Johnson, someone who like I haven't always been a fan of, but more recently in these kind of like smaller roles and roles that allow him to like play in his own accent, I've enjoyed I enjoyed when he pops up in Tenet and you're like, Aaron Taylor Johnson's here? Oh, yeah, he's like eighth build. Good for him. That's fun. He's having fun in this movie. I really uh, like his career track now. Like I'm I, I'm a fan. I I he's whatever he's doing, keep doing it. But I I but I agree with you. And that's what I was saying earlier as far as I liked the movie more as it went along. I do think by the like, not that I'm against introduce like or or don't understand the idea of introducing characters or what have you. I just do think it was a little clunky to kind of get us to like where we needed to go. There are a few scenes where something is introduced and then it's like, let's cut back to a flashback or to like some other section of the train. I'm like, I want to see where this is going. And it just felt like it wasn't always coming together for me editing wise, but later on in the film, not necessarily the second half, but like, as it went along, I did appreciate now that we had all the setups done, these individual scenes between actors, like you're saying Brad Pitt and Aaron Taylor Johnson or Brad Pitt and Brian Tyree Henry or Johnson and Henry again, or, you know, mix and match all these people. I do think that the film finds its balance quite well when it comes to some of these in isolated dialogue sequences let alone the like the actions the action but I, I do i agree with you ben as far as there are some good like just character interplay going on that i that i appreciated but how about that action any, any any thoughts on the the action in this movie brad uh no
3: because i got distracted and i wanted to go look and see if i could find evidence of whether or not david harbour was in bullet <laughs> train <laughs> and he was at the premiere
1: Okay.
2: Oh shit! <laughs> this detective mode we're in right now. The rabbit hole <laughs> d- deepens. Is that what
3: he was? He he was at the premiere of Bullet Train in in London. And Brad, there
2: are- Brad, let me ask you a quick question. Do you have a bunch of pictures on your wall with red string between <laughs> them? There are
3: at least two other random people on on Twitter that were also like, "Hey, was that David Harbour
1: in Bullet Train?" <laughs> Maybe I don't think of him because like I still think of him like in bigger shape, but he's yeah. since lost a lot of weight for more recent well shit. yeah and, and <laughs> when he was
2: shooting uh stranger things four, he would have been you know they made this movie what a year ago so yeah, yeah. I, I imagine they're shooting around the same time so there you go and, it, and it's very and it's very hard to tell because he's wearing a
3: mask so <laughs> it's interesting i'm gonna maybe i'll just tweet and i'll tag david harbour and see if he says anything
2: yeah oh yeah <laughs> he yeah, just sends a what give blue tech a dancing with
1: penguins or something how about that action,
3: though, Brad? <laughs> no, uh, you know, yeah, it was. <laughs> how about that? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it was pretty good for the most part. Um, I yeah, I don't really have any any complaints uh, about the action. I felt like sometimes. And do
1: you like David Leitch? film, like his other films that he's been doing? Like yeah, Bond, yeah. No, Deadpool. And
3: yeah, I honestly, know. I think Atomic Bond is actually better than Bullet Train, if I'm if I'm being honest. Oh, um, yeah, no, sorry. Oh, it is not no no but it's the action is um but the but yeah i think i think the action in, in is very good especially when you're uh there's a very creative use of the space you know because being on the bullet train if there's not you know a, a huge area to work with and there is our height and width restrictions um and the way it utilized the train as a, a set piece i think was was pretty clever especially uh, making use of like you know how the train stops and only has a minute you know before the it, it leaves the station again. And so doing stuff like that was I, I think it was cleverly used and it did a really good work with that that environment.
1: I, I particularly like the the quiet car sequence. I do think that I mean I know it's yes. in like the trailers, but I do think it I mean it's funnier in the actual movie as well, but I think it played it pays off well as far as yes, using you know seats. And cramp space and what have you to highlight the, you know, the comedic aspect of an action scene like this, while also having two people like pummel each other in violent ways.
2: I think it works quite well. Uh, ben, what about you? Were there any action scenes that like stood out to you or? So I got to see this movie with uh, my girlfriend and, and two friends and, and we're on vacation and we watched it. And the, the, the other friend of mine never goes to the movies. So I got to watch uh, Prey and Bullet Train with her and she does not watch movies. And so I was like, are you going to be OK watching like kind of a couple of gory movies? she's like thinking, yeah, sure, why not? Um, getting her perspective on a movie like this, where there's so much hyper stylistic violence, Uh, She said the humor was enough to keep her interested, even though there was a lot of hacking up and stuff like that. We uh, collectively in the theater. Gasped a few times where things happen so quickly, and I like action like that because Uh it's and it it doesn't seem like it was purposefully like jump scary stuff that they were doing. It's just like you thought that maybe that action scene was gonna take a lot longer or whatever, and like oh no, there that guy died. Like I really do like the impact that that can bring. You don't need to develop the character um, all that much uh, you know, the, the henchmen stuff, you know, they can die off pretty quickly and there's some clever ways they do some things there. And there were some kind of shocking moments there, but I also do like and with this, without spoiling anything. Um, some of the characters that are developed then meet their demise a lot quicker than you would see than than you would think. And I really like that about it. So the actual uh, violence and the action itself is one thing, but the decision to dispatch certain characters and when that happens is another. And I like those decisions.
3: One of those characters, I felt like I wanted something a little bit more of, though, especially considering how much it was built up. And comedically, it's funny to see that, you know, that character, you know, meet a certain end. But mm-hmm. I think in the grand scheme of like how the rest of the movie played it up, it felt like it kind of just like really took the wind out of its sails.
1: That if I think you, if I, if you're referring to the person I think you're referring to, I can agree with you. Whereas, you know, there's a more is more kind of thing. It's like, oh, well, this is the, like the energy being brought here would be interesting to see continue, but also, there's a lot of people in this movie, and it's, always, it's over two hours. It's like, it's like, yeah, all right, I, I get what you're trying there was to a part,
3: There's a part of me that actually thinks this could have made, like, a really good limited series, but but maybe there's not enough meat there to, like, fill I, out
1: I, I mean, I, I feel like it uh, runs out of steam a bit just because of the nature of this. Kind well, it's of- a bullet train. It's not a locomotive. Well, here's the fun thing. Uh. I, never thought train, I never thought this train was going fast enough. Does that
3: matter? I know. I, I actually I agree with that. And, and especially in one specific moment, I'm like,
1: mm, I don't know about that. This is a bullet what, train. Was, wait, no. that it was
2: going too fast or not fast enough? No, not fast enough. Not fast enough. enough. Not fast like, enough.
1: Like, like For me, a for movie called Bullet Train, it felt like I've seen movies with bullet trains. Fucking Mission Impossible has a bullet train. Yeah, I was just going to say that those things feel fast. <laughs> yeah, the, the tra- yeah, the train in the original Mission Impossible feels like it's going way faster than this train. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm not saying I was hung up on this, but it did feel like after a while, I'm like, for a movie called Bullet Train, it doesn't feel like the train aspect of this is playing a big role. It's more just like compartments that they're in, which is fine. Is just eh, the speed is the, that's a fun thing to acknowledge. Wolverine Guys, it has bullet train.
2: <laughs> okay, it's not unstoppable. It's called Bullet Train. It's it's inside the train. Okay, I mean, you know.
1: unstoppable, unstoppable rules. I mean, there's a whole difference. great. Yeah. Also, by the, the, by the way, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm it's
2: sure. a missile the size of a, the, Chrysler the Chrysler. Maybe right? hey,
1: maybe maybe it should be called BB Train then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay
3: not as um, fast as a bullet p- pellet train
1: the uh the um the, the the plot thickens as far as this david harper thing goes by the way because he's in a film called violent night where he plays a santa claus who has to stop mercenaries this christmas which is produced by david leach and okay. david leach's wife uh, he, he, okay. he's, are you okay are you both
2: okay, over but... here just doing deep dives and I'm, yes. I'm the only one paying attention to the podcast anymore
3: he, he's 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 in it he's in it get off your phones that's gotta <laughs> be uh, it's a got, podcast it's... It's got to be
1: him. If it's I not, know, him, I have <laughs> I have my back computer set up. I'm just it's Good running Lord. all the it's running all the, all the details.
2: Aaron, how many movies are you watching right now? Tell be truthful. Are I you watching four movies currently? <laughs> it's directed by uh, Tommy Vercole, who did the Dead
1: Snow movies and Hansel and Gretel: colon, Witch Hunters. Ah uh, yes, Dead Snow I, One is is great. Dead, I like Dead Snow Two: Red vs Dead quite a bit. What about yeah.
3: Dead, Dead Snow Three, Yellow I'm w- Snow?
1: I'm, w- I'm waiting for it. Yeah. I'm, w- I'm ready for it to uh, knock the piss out of me. Um, uh I see what it did there. Any other? Let's. What else can we go on on Bullet Train? Um, great I mean, soundtrack. There's a lot of fun on that soundtrack. I agree. It's uh, besides like the the Japanese versions of "Staying Alive" and "Holding Out for a Hero," which I'm all for. I thought mm-hmm. it, it made uh if one CCR track. Uh, Uh, With notwithstanding, I do think it chooses a lot of like unique tracks that felt like, oh, this is fun. It's not like stuff I'm usually hearing in movies.
2: Yeah, Bullet Train. It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) I really like. Listen, I really like this movie. I think that uh, you know it took enough chances that paid off for me, and the ensemble was truly great. And yeah, I think that ultimately it didn't pay off enough. You know, in, in the big swings that it took. Like they they really had to kind of tie some things together then pretty quickly and so I'm sure there was there were decisions about maybe you know comedic punch ups and and reshoots or whatever to try to get these things to all line up properly but man it, it was a fun time all the way through even in the end it got a little messy but whatever I still had a great time I was gonna ask the ending obviously gets more action focused did you were there
1: and more cg heavy as well was, was there stuff there that you were enjoying or like was it too much
2: or? no i honestly I, like i liked it i thought it because there's a budget there you know and and sure. so being able to watch that happen and see kind of the stuff that that happens towards the end it it would take a lot of hollywood money to pull that off and so i'm glad it's a big budget you know brad pitt actioner so they had the money to do it because it would have looked very silly if they did what they tried to do on a budget fair yeah
3: I would argue that some of it still
2: looks relatively silly. Um, well, it's hard. I mean, it's not Fast and the Furious uh, over the top uh, money, so maybe they didn't have the budget to do everything they wanted to do. But and, I th- and that's pulled it off.
3: And that's not, that's actually where my most of my criticism comes from. Me wishing that it was a little bit more stylized yeah, well, not necessarily even polished, but like I feel like if they would have went made bigger it, with
1: the. A little more, yeah a
3: little more stylized a little more heightened than it then they would have been able to pull it off a little bit more reasonably and i might have liked it a little bit more but based on the world in which the story seems to exist it, it just didn't feel like it was heightened enough for that to happen and for it to make sense
1: yeah i can i can see that and again because i'm i'm pretty like average on the movie i still like it but like i, I get where don't I, yeah, I don't. I don't, I
3: don't dislike it either. Like, yeah. I I was entertained while watching it. I I wish I was a little more entertained. Um, and like, it was a movie that like I wanted to actively watch again. But like, this is like the kind of movie where like. I would put it on in the background if it was on, but like, I'm not going to run out and buy bullet train on Blu-ray and like, be like, Oh yeah, now I can watch this again.
1: It's fair. And I think part of that's because it does like, it's over two hours. I'm like, this could be a tight 90. Yeah. Like, see, that's and, the thing yeah. with a
2: movie like that, where they're trying to introduce so many things and, and then pull them all together at the end. I know they feel like they needed that extra, you know, 37 minutes, but man, a tight 90 would have been awesome for this.
1: Yeah. Something that just, doesn't necessarily require you know a third act like everybody's in action mode maybe you know something a little more subtle but uh, that's fair it is how it is i've been referring to it as like a live action cartoon Uh, but i see where brad you're coming from as far as how more focused it could be on pushing the stylistic envelope like there's a thing ben you mentioned fiji water uh there is a very specific thing that it does with fiji water (laughs) that i found to be quite funny but i was also like there should have been more of this kind of thing yes. throughout the movie. Like that, yeah, that's a I really thought, fun thing. And it's like, I yeah. thought
3: that too. And and honestly, even though that moment is amusing, I've, I felt like it was, it could have been much better constructed as far as like the significance it plays in that moment. Uh-huh. Like I, I, like I wish that that moment that the, 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 you know, the, the Fiji water in question actually had a more significant role than what we already saw it play. Cause it kind of just like, did a fast forward thing through a bunch of stuff and it didn't really mean much of anything. No,
1: It's more of just like if you didn't pieces together already, here's a fun way to recap.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I, I wish that there was maybe something a little bit more to that. That would have made it that much more fun.
1: Fair enough. Well, we've talked a lot about bullet train. When should people go and see this movie, Brad? When should people see the bullet train?
3: Um, You know, if you've got a day where, like, you're off of work and, like, not much is going on and maybe it's, like, $5 Tuesday, uh, go see it in theaters. But otherwise, you could probably just watch this uh, at home, a a rental, and enjoy it on your surround
2: sound big screen TV. Ben, how about you? Uh, You know, I hate to agree with Brad, so I won't. I think you should go to the theater, the first (laughs) run theater, and see it. Um, I think it's worth your time uh, on a, on like a, a like a group outing or or with friends and co-workers. You know the cinema needs you guys. Get back out there and see Bullet Train in theaters this Friday.
3: <laughs> it's not Top Gun Maverick, Ben.
2: <laughs> I know it's not Brad.
3: It's Bullet Brad, Train.
1: Well, Top Gun doesn't it's need great. the money,
3: <laughs> but Bullet Train's not going to save theaters either.
1: <laughs> it could well, not with that attitude. Get out there and fucking watch the movie. Uh, uh, I. I, I, I agree with the kind of the group vibe sentiment. That's that said, I will say like a matinee dollar theater screening I think works well for this movie. It, okay, it look, to it be look, fair, we to it, be it, fair
2: we did see it at a matinee. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is a good, it.
1: it is a good looking movie with very good sound um, as far as like big studio kind of movies go. So like I I I would encourage like yeah big screen's fine, but you don't need to get the, the premium viewing. You don't need to see Bullet Train and IMAX necessarily. Um, Correct. Can, yeah. Okay. Well, that's Bullet Train. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to our review for Prey.
0: Yeah. There's something out
1: there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what?
2: It's time.
1: That should have been some of the trailer for Prey. <laughs> Since 1987's action sci fi slasher mashup Predator, there have been multiple sequels, spin offs, games, comics, and more. Prey is an attempt to bring things way back to basics as it pits a young Comanche woman against a vicious alien hunter in 1719 North America. In an attempt to prove herself to her tribe, notably her brother and the men who doubt her, she'll brave the environment and other outsiders while trying to take down this massive and well-equipped extraterrestrial. Ben, was Prey a clean kill or a
2: messy takedown? Uh, This is the cleanest of kills. This movie... Uh, no one knows this so i'll just say it uh, for for you guys uh predator the original 1987 is my favorite movie of all time it is one of the best action movies ever made it is fantastic 10 out of 10 no notes i just love that movie so much uh and i was was so excited to see this 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 uh prequel sequel you know is incredible it's so well done and i have so much to say about it but i love this film okay brett how about you did you enjoy prey
3: Uh, It's not as good as Alien versus Predator Requiem. I will. I'll say. (laughs) Go
2: take a shit in the woods.
3: Uh, The bear would find it. (laughs)
1: Um,
3: No, uh, this movie is is outstanding. Uh, It's it's fantastic. Not only is it uh, the best Predator movie since the original Predator by leaps and bounds. uh, It's just a great action sci-fi flick. Uh, You know, just it, it utilizes the Predator. Uh, in a way that I don't think any of the other predator movies used as effectively and I, that's largely just because, uh, like Ben says, it goes back to the basics of having this like, uh, you know, mostly one on one, you know, uh, hunter prey predator prey situation whatever you want to call it, uh, and man amber mid thunder uh, in this this role she's just awesome she's a certified badass. Um, I love, you know, her, the the axe that she has on a rope. It's such a cool thing, that sequence where she's throwing it back and forth against the trees and catching it in her hand. Uh, It's just what you need to, like, show that she's this incredible warrior. And the Predator design in this movie is so cool, too. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's different enough from the original Predator separated, you know, by... Uh, roughly you know what 250 years i think it is or something like that right. uh, and so like it has a different look I, I honestly think in in some ways there are certain things about this predator that are even a little more intimidating than that that original predator um but yeah there's just there's just so much Easy. cool stuff in it <laughs> um don't get me wrong like that original predator design is like an all-time you know great uh visual effect prosthetic you know all, all that stuff. Um, but that, uh, the, the look for this one is, is really cool. It's, um, yeah, this, this movie is just, it's just great. It's just a very cool movie. I think if I had one complaint is that, uh, I wish that they had a little bit more of a budget for certain CGI, uh, creations, um, both animals and some of the predator shots are not quite, uh, as polished as they, they should be, but, uh, yeah, that's not
2: a fault of the film though.
3: It's well. I mean, it is because it's part no, of the film. It's part of the so, film. Easy, easy, buddy. <laughs> I'm just joking. But yeah, but it's uh, but yeah, really, really liked it a lot.
1: Uh I agree with you guys. This movie is a lot of fun. It's very well done. It's we can debate if it's the best sequel since the original, but it's I mean, it's a really good entry. That's for damn sure. Um, but I don't think the debate's that strong, um, but
2: um, it's not, it, it's not it's not even close. Like this is absolutely the the best since the original. For sure. I
1: I really I really enjoyed this movie. It's a lot. It, it I like the simplistic nature of it. It really doesn't have much fat on the bone. It's without credits, ninety minutes long. Like it's that tight ninety that Bullet Train should have been. Yes. Um. It it really delivers on the things that I appreciate about a Predator film, and that and that's even when stripping away part of what's fun about the first predator, which is the fact that it, because it you know starts out as this kind of over the top Reagan eighties action movie. And then, you know, turns into a slasher. Uh, and this one doesn't have that kind of convenience. It's just like, it's just like a straightforward adventure kind of movie that happens to have this alien creature as an adversary. And I don't mind that at all because it's while it might be playing off the idea that I I'm familiar with this character already, I still appreciated how it takes its time to deliver these things. You don't see the predator for a good long while in this movie. It builds tension properly. And while it's doing that, you're getting these great shots of where they shot uh, or, you know, where they filmed this movie. Um, which I, I I mean, it looks like I mean, it's a shame that it's only on Hulu because this looks like a real
2: movie. Man, looks I more would like a real movie than you know. Really the, want to the, see this in a the theater?
1: Yeah, this looks like more of a real movie than The Gray Man, which cost like you know triple this movie's budget. I mean, and so it's like that. that I appreciate <laughs> that the effort was put into making something cinematic and you know, just cool as far as you know, bringing together the Comanche culture and you know this sci-fi otherworldly being. And seeing how that would play out and i agree mid thunder is a very good lead here i i don't know i mean uh, dakota beavers or who plays her brother no idea where he's coming from but i thought he was pretty good too i i thought he had a lot of like screen charisma and then you know the two of them working together what have you is like this is a cool team i i enjoy seeing this but yeah mid thunder owns this movie as far as you know being being this capable warrior uh that not to prove So i just I, I like the way it you kind of see her arc here it's very simple yet very effective and then the predator like you were saying Brad is badass like this thing is it's such a cool design like the way it its mask is and everything and even if it's yeah. cloaked for a good long time it still just looks really intimidating and it's brutal and the movie finds an excuse for the predator to do a lot of just a lot of murdering. <laughs> and um, and I, I think it was cool
3: in a way, too. Like one of the things that this movie was able to do that w- really wasn't entirely possible to do in as uh, convincing of a way back in 1987 uh is the way it slowly reveals the predator by having its cloaking mechanism kind of like fade away here and there on certain Mm. parts of its body and stuff like that and you couldn't do that in as much as and in quite as sophisticated a way in 1987 and so you get much more of a slow roll reveal of the the predator and like kind of the way uh you know he uses his his arsenal and that kind of thing so that that was cool that they
1: were able to do that in this movie yeah um well let's get let's let's get more into it what um well let's see how'd you guys like the kind of like the setup to this thing like you you know there's going to be a predator in this movie but how'd you did how'd you guys appreciate like the first like half hour where we're just kind of getting into this world
2: so i think this should be a lesson in uh in filmmaking when you're trying to make uh, an action movie it's okay not to jump right into the action if you're trying to 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 make something tension-filled I think a lot of times, because the audiences you know are going to sign up for an action movie, you want to see you know somebody dead in the first ten seconds of the film. But they, because they would, took their time to properly build this thing, that the payoff was so worth it. Everything about the world building was incredible. We were this this universe was so lived in. By the time you even caught a, a the click, the first Predator clicking noise, you knew just that this is going to be something special. So I was so happy that they took the slow burn approach to this. Right out of you.
3: Yeah, I think this is one, you know, a perfect example too of uh a less is more. You know, we don't we don't need any and, and part of that is because like you know you have the this franchise history where you kind of understand uh what the predator is what it does and that kind of thing and you don't you don't really need a setup as to like uh why he's there or what's going on and setting it you know in the the past you know so far in you know 1719 you don't need to have much setup as far as like you know characters being aware uh self-aware of you know uh, alien life or you know spaceships or technology or anything like that like mm-hmm. uh, i love that there's like her natural response to it is like she thinks that she's th- seeing like a thunderbird spirit you know like it's something that is tied into Comanche culture mm-hmm. uh so that i think that was a really clever uh, way to bridge, you know, that's the sci-fi element with, uh, you know, the, that kind of history. Um, and I think that, too, like, the, the buildup is great, too. Like, it's being able to see uh, the Predator, you know, doing its, its hunting thing, taking down so many things and building up to, you know, taking on these, these great Comanche warriors, too. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of suspense there. There's a lot of cool action, a lot of, you know, brutal violence from the Predator, and uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's just very well done.
1: Something I always like about predator movies with the predator, which is something I like to observe is how cocky they can be. Yeah, uh, you know, some are more experienced in some of the films, and some are less so, and some are just like a dick. And I think this one, this one, like it feels like it's one that like has its share of experience, but also like feels has a big ego on it. And the way it challenges certain animals and takes hits, yeah, the way it goes after people and doesn't necessarily expect certain outcomes and i I appreciated that it plays with that where this is a movie that doesn't have much humor in it um by design just by nature of what time period we're in or what have you but i felt like the humor in this movie is coming from the way the predator interacts with this world at times not that there's a lot of it but i did smile a few times when the predator like reacts to how it's taken down certain enemies or what have you because it's like there's something there there's some like really dry sense of humor that this creature has that we otherwise can't really relate to.
3: I also liked what they did with uh, Amber Midthunder's character too, and how she's so eager to prove herself, you know, that she can hunt, that she's, you know, um, more than what, you know, the, uh, the standards of, you know, a woman among the Comanche tribe are that she, she can be this strong warrior. And I, I like that. Uh, there's a part in this movie too, where, you um, the, the predator doesn't like see her as a threat. And like she's genuinely like just dis- like distressed by that. Like she's like she's really disappointed in herself. But then it doesn't stop her from wanting to, you know, uh kill it. Not not just to save, you know, keep keep her uh tribe safe because the predator will likely inevitably make its way over there, but just so that she, you know, can prove that she, you know, is this badass warrior.
1: Yeah. The movie spends a good amount of time showing her goal which is yes to prove herself and it starts out with this kind of hunt for a mountain lion uh, before that dramatically morphs into something else uh, but but again yeah I, I like the kind of the arc for this character as far as it's a thread that i think is compelling enough without being too complicated the movie itself never really overcomplicates it even when it adds more i never think it's it, it's never like out of place as far as where what 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 setting we're in and things that need to happen it's more of well you're in a predator movie you want to see predator doing predator things here's a way to get that without kind of
2: betraying the spirit of the film and i appreciated that there's a lot in this uh brad you always make fun of me because i can never say the word correctly is it canonically 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 yeah canonically that does line up, uh, you know. That the, there's a net kill that he that he uses, and that's that was introduced in Predator Two. And it the, looks crazy in this movie because yeah, they can that, do it that way now. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's a great one. Uh, and then of course all the, the 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 triple dot right. That that is the classic Predator laser weapon. Uh, and the um, I, I really like that. The, obviously the shield and, and all the kind of the more uh, you know brutal uh striking weapons there's quite a few that we've seen but quite a few in this film that, that you've never seen which is kind of awesome uh I really love the interplay between this culture of bows and arrows and then the white man with the muskets but then the predator with his advanced technology and how that all fits in together it's a really cool um interplay but at the same time they they do stick with if you're if, as a predator fan right of the, of the franchise they don't they don't completely get away from some of the tools that the predator has always used obviously the invisibility and things like that but in the movies you know there's and i'm not spoiling anything here but in this movie there's mud there's mud in almost every Predator movie uh, because that's uh, one way you can establish that the Predator can't see you because you're covered in, in, in mud. But they use it differently in, in this movie than before. And so it, there's just a lot of cool callbacks of, of that way, right, where mud still plays a very central role to this film, uh, but not maybe in the way that you would expect.
1: Yeah, the way it references the past, I appreciated. I also I rewatched all the Predator movies oh, over the past few you. weeks. Well, the um, first one and then second one are fine. I, I enjoy most of them. Like the only one I like actively don't like is Requiem. Um Yeah,
2: no, that's a dog shit.
1: Yeah, the other ones like they all have their merits. I like more some of them more than others. Um and there's there's a bit in the Predator where but Trevante Rhodes looks to the like the side at one point. He's like, "Let's get to the choppers," and he, it's like a row
2: of motorcycles. I'm like, "That's actually yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's really stupid." But it's and like- the only the only line that repeats in this is is if it bleeds, we can kill it, uh, which like makes a lot of sense in context right. and based on the characters we're looking at. It's like. Yeah, Comanches would probably like say something I'm, like that. Some yeah, place. and I'm, I'm okay with that, right? Like I, Pred, uh, The Predator was just real bad in a lot of ways. I had a lot of fun watching it, but there was a lot of like almost oh, like, cavalcade all, of callbacks. It was like so silly. It has all this the was, same issues that I keep yeah. every time. I've
1: only seen it a few times. It's just oh, not man. as rewatchable as any other
2: the So d- 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 in a word, disappointing.
1: <laughs> but looking at this film, uh, this we didn't mention, this is directed by Dan Trachtenberg, um, both the director of uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. As well as uh, just a, a former one of us, <laughs> as far as like movie nerd guy that used to have like movie show and what have you. And, and now yeah. he's making movies. Uh, Wait, for- this is on the table?
2: We could do this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> like
2: <laughs> some of us could do this. <laughs> Whoa, okay, fine. Blue check marks.
1: I wouldn't say me. I can't do this for shit. Uh, <laughs> provide some foley work, maybe, or something. But uh, what do you guys think of the direction of this film? I do think there's some intriguing looks uh, to, like, the way it's shot and the way it uses camera angles to show the action, what have you. But
2: any any thoughts on, like, the direction of this movie? Ben, you're the predator expert. Oh yeah, of course. Um, no, so, so the, the, the interplay of, again with the, the infrared vision is, is always uh, a big part of these, of this franchise. And I hate when it's, when it's overused. Uh, so I, I did think that he was pretty reserved, uh, in making that choice, which I, I appreciated. I, I also really liked a lot of the overhead shots when yeah. they were traveling. I just thought it yeah, was so, you said a word earlier, cinematic, which you would never right describe a predator movie as cinematic until you saw this one it's that that's a wholeheartedly a great compliment to this film because the those overhead shots of their kind of traveling it just are, are kind of breathtaking honestly i
3: would argue that the original predator is pretty cinematic no, no, it I, is. no sorry I,
2: I mean i think maybe cinematic in the way of like you know that's a, a movie that uh, this comes to mind cinematic cinematography you know director of photography is involved i don't think that of of that when i when i think of the the original predator that's no no i i I do get what you're saying because there
3: there are shots in this that are very picturesque uh it's a showy
1: this is a showier movie in that regard yeah it,
3: it very much it takes a lot more advantage of the the lands beautiful landscapes the the mountains the the fields you know the uh the forests and and whatnot and Predator doesn't necessarily linger on those kinds of things. the The action and the cast, you know, is is the star. Um, but, like, but, so but let me it, real
2: quick on the on the in the original Predator, they do do a great job because he's invisible and he's in the jungle. And so wh- where is that character looking? And they're using yeah. the camera in that way. Way that's a really great use. Uh, Pre- of Predators of are time good, time like yeah.
1: Way. I I don't think any of us are underselling the you know, the look of either film. But I will point out yeah. that yeah, Predator is a very it it is mm-hmm. a really well shot movie. And and even like. There are some cool wide shots like towards the end when the when when Arnold has basically pissed it off and it's just kind of standing on a log shooting at shit and yeah. like one wide shot where it's just standing on a log yeah. like
2: shooting at so the so badass such
1: and then, a you're fun like watching shot. these like I think it's it's like partially slow motion too like you see the the flares he's shooting out in the distance and you get just the silhouette of the predator like there's some cool stuff there but yeah this movie I do think yes it is taking advantage of the the landscape it's in and trying to use that the best way it can, right? Especially given that it's a limited budget, so it's like, well, we're on this location, let's show it off, which so many movies don't do, for one, because they're not on location all the time, and also because uh, coverage, 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 in case we have to change it later, where this movie feels deliberate as far as what it wants to show you.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. um Yeah, and, and I think the action is shot very well too you know that that's something that uh i think that the um most recently the the predator had a lot of trouble with there's a lot of really confusing action and how yeah. it's pr- presented and some of that's just because of the butchering and you know in and post-production and whatnot and them trying to like uh you know recut the movie and and make things make sense that didn't quite make sense but but yeah, yeah. the Tr- Trachtenberg knows what he's doing with his set pieces and uh knows how to to
1: shoot the action and, and get what he wants you know it's i i'm 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 just happy for Dan Trachtenberg. Like I, I really like Ten Cloverville. I really like this movie. He's done what some uh, TV shows that we did, like the pilot of The Boys, right, and mm-hmm, a few mm-hmm. other TV stuff since then. Yeah, um, I, I, I continue to look forward to just what he can, what he you know can bring to, uh, to feature films. It does seem like, you know, his eye is not unlike certain modern filmmakers, but in terms of like he feels like a guy that's certainly a fan, but knows how to do things in like refreshing and unique ways, and that's as opposed to just copying the styles of others that he admires, he's like trying to do something, you know, unique and exciting. And I, I can admire that for sure.
3: Yeah. And it makes, uh, I was curious to, to um, see how uh, this movie would have worked if they were able to keep it secret the way they originally wanted to. Uh-huh. Uh And Trechtenberg did, did do an interview about this. And I guess the, the, so they would have had a teaser trailer that would have like set up the movie and like a mystery where they would have shown Uh, amber mid-thunder and like that you know give the idea that she's this comanche uh, woman and and warrior and she would see something uh in the sky but that would be it and they wouldn't have let anybody Mm -hmm. know that it was a predator movie until the second trailer which is when they would have actually uh revealed it which is pretty cool um you know I, i wish that there was a way that they could have done this movie and keep that completely in the dark so that way when you're watching the movie uh, and the Predator shows up, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, that, that would have been awesome. Like that would have, that, that, that would have been on par with uh, like the reveal at the end of uh, split that it's, that it's in the unbreakable. Universe. It, it's
1: funny because like, because it's a streaming feature, you wonder why they couldn't have a, te- I mean, you know, it's cause it's not like there's an opening weekend riding on this. So you don't have to like risk not showing your main IP to, in order to get people in seats. But since it's a streaming effort, well, to be
3: to be fair, at the time I don't think it was intended to be streaming, though, was it? Because like I think when we found out about it, it was wasn't it still intended to be a theatrical release? It was certainly
1: there. It wasn't not that's for sure. Like it was certainly like a. We just know that there's a predator movie coming. Like that's Yeah, because
3: and and I think the reason that it actually got pushed uh, to streaming wasn't necessarily a quality decision or uh even disney trying to just have that
1: quality i think it's probably just yeah covid and regime stuff well it
3: it, it sounds like it may have just been very technical because i i think that maybe uh this is well this was a movie that they I, i think part of it is maybe not having the confidence that it would have been a huge box office hit but on top of that uh if if the they would have released this in theaters Then they wouldn't have been able to put it on Hulu as soon because it would Mm. have it would have fallen into their their existing deal
1: with HBO Max, right? Yeah,
3: where 20th Century Fox movies have to go to HBO Max first. So I think that probably played into it as well. Um, But yeah, I just it it's really is a shame that we couldn't have seen this in theaters.
1: Yeah, I I I am among the lucky ones that was able to watch this in a theater, and it certainly you know works. (laughs) Oh, were you were you at Comic Con? No, I was uh, no, I was at a press screening the week after. Yeah, I know Comic-Con. Oh, they did,
3: I didn't realize they did theatrical press
1: screening. Yeah, the, at least in L.A. they did. I, I don't know, uh, if they, okay. you know, but but yeah, the and then they put it on, you know, for press people or Disney, whatever, like the next day. I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, it it's funny because like it, Predator is also one of my favorite movies that I like. That's just the best. It rules. And it's like, I've never seen that on a big screen. So it's not like I have some kind of, you know, level of quality and like experience that i have to like match this up to because like i've never seen that movie on a big screen before yet it's like i can't i i it's weird to not be able to see a new predator movie on a big screen i've seen every, almost every one of them yeah every everyone but predator one and two i've seen on a big screen at this point <laughs> so it's like well it is what it is but it, yeah it is a shame that it didn't get that chance although i you know for a variety of reasons like you have just pointed out right i get why it wouldn't make it that you know if i After, if I saw like the results of Requiem and then The Predator, a movie that was very costly, I'd also be weary to be like, "Yeah, let's put this on the big screen for sure." Let's see that also not do well at the box office. But it's you know that's just how it rolled out.
3: Ben, did you Um, see the original Predator in theaters?
2: uh, No, I was six years old. Okay. And you you haven't. Not a good enough excuse, but okay. (laughs) You haven't (laughs) caught a you haven't caught
1: a repertory screening or anything.
2: Uh, No, the, the you know that's one of those films that. The, it's not like around. you know, uh, for the the thirty, thirtieth anniversary or anything like that. That they they threw it back into theaters. Otherwise, I definitely would have done that. Um, you know, yeah, it's not one that gets uh, that kind of play. Maybe which is a I'll shame. just have to rent a theater and get the movie myself. That'd be the way to do it.
1: I'm,
3: super, yeah. That's that's. It's I, weird I, that I, it's I,
1: not like on the easy rotation, you know, because it's always you know like Back to the Future, Jaws. Yeah, and the, and the right Alien
3: movies is. end up back in theaters all the time.
1: Yeah, the first. Two at least, yeah, yeah. So it's like three-year resurrection, but it's it. Resurrection. They they screened at midnight. After they screened at two a.m. after Rocky Horror, people just Um, (laughs) came. What if that was true? um (laughs) But it is like that seems like a very agreeable movie to put on a big screen. Like, yeah, Predator. Why not Arnold Predator? I at, would the very, man.
3: at the very least, do it for like anniversary screenings. Yeah. I mean, why not?
1: Why not do it this year? It's an anniversary this year. Yeah, I take a crappy fathom
3: event to watch Predator on a big screen. Yeah, thirty-five yeah. years for Predator. I mean, they're June, they're putting they're
2: putting Jaws out on IMAX and 3D for no good reason this year. June twelfth, nineteen eighty-seven. It should have already happened, guys. Yeah, I I don't disagree.
1: Uh, more about <sighs> this movie. Okay, so we got Predator in the uh, you know Native American times uh, in settings are like. Do you like? Do you want to see more from here? Like, I mean, yeah we've gotten so many Predator, but like, it's specifically, like, and this is the question, in the feedback later. But like, would you be excited to have like if Trachtenberg or whoever else is like, hey, we're making another Predator movie this time. It's set in you know whatever in samurai times. Like, do you, Does this inspire you to want more of this?
3: Yeah, would yeah. I? I would love it. Yeah, I would love a samurai one. Um, I yeah, I would love to see maybe like uh. I don't know, a, a world war, you know, war, I would world love war to see, a, I would
2: love to see a, like a, 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 a world war two uh, version of this, where uh, a regiment from whatever army uh, is over to the side. Cause they, they got cut off behind enemy lines or something. And then all of a sudden there's a predator, like they're already dealing with that. And now they've got this because that's what the original predator was. You know, we're dealing with this over here, but Oh, now we're being hunted. I, and that's, A reason this movie was so good, uh, in my opinion, was that they took the original premise, which was, we're not worried about, you know, we're not out here hunting a predator, we're out here doing our thing. And then a predator comes upon us. And now it's about that. And it's very simple. And so make that simple movie over and over again and I, I'm gonna sign up every single time.
3: Yeah. And it's a and it's a it's a big win too, because what you get to do is you you send a small uh you know uh, platoon, you know, uh, unit, what have you, to go take care of some kind of small uh, you know, Nazi camp or something right, like that. Right, like a
2: side mission basically. Yeah,
3: and they get there and all the Nazis are dead, which is already fun. Uh, you know, maybe you get to see the <laughs> maybe you get to see the predator killing a bunch of Nazis sounds like aces to me. Uh, and then, and then, you know, world war II soldiers get there, you know, U S troops, and then they have to deal uh, with, with a predator being there. Uh, and the predator finally has a challenge because I don't know if you know this Nazis suck and they're, they're little babies. Um, so, so yeah. So I think that'd be really cool. Actually, uh, Alan Cerny, uh, who uh, used to write for ain't it cool back in the day. And uh, he's, you know, he's a, a good dude and he had this really cool I- idea uh is like he's like you know what he's like i would love to see prey movies uh where they do a samurai one they do a world war Two one and then after you do you know two or three of those you do a second round of predators where the 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 predators have rounded up uh, a variety of different kinds of oh, okay. you know warriors again he's like but in this one one of them is uh is old dutch and it's a legacy sequel now uh-huh and that or, would be Or,
1: or old Hardigan, and it's Danny Glover, and he's like, I hate yeah.
3: Him. Well, that was that's what they that's what they wanted to do for um for uh the predators. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to have um Danny Glover instead of Lawrence Fishburne, but uh yeah, I think that would be man if they could get Arnold Schwarzenegger back as like an old Dutch and have him be like with a bunch of random people like kidnapped by predators and like do that again. That would be that would be awesome.
1: Not for nothing, but the Predator game that came out last year, Predator Hunting Grounds, um, which I enjoyed well enough. It it has Arnold. He's recorded voiceovers where he continues his story as Dutch. Like there's more of his journey as that character, which I was like, oh, that's cool. Like that's a neat, like, but like as you play the game, you unlock more tapes of him like recording his his search to find the predator and what have you, which is like, that's yeah, neat. Um, anyway, um, there,
3: like? there actually is a tease uh, for a Prey sequel in the the credits. I don't know. Yeah, it, noticed, it yeah it, it gives
1: you a hint of things that could come. And I, I would be curious if like if they wanted to continue this, if they wanted to directly follow up this specific story or if they just wanted to keep going throughout history. And yeah. it's like as much as I, you know, like I think the Mid-Thunder character is, you know, neat and everything. It's I don't know if I necessarily need like more of this time to excite me about another Predator. That said, I mean, this is a good movie. If we
2: can make another one of these. Cool. I'm into that. How about uh, you, Ben? uh insofar as making another one of these yeah oh no of course yeah absolutely like uh, dude this was just such a refreshing relief (laughs) to be honest because i'm such a fan and i really want them to make more of these things and you can only make more movies well you can't always but you can typically only make another movie when one is successful so i'm glad that they got now they've got a little cashier they've got a little uh they could they could you you've built up some goodwill. Let's not ruin it, guys. Let's let's do something with it.
1: I also appreciated how gory this movie was. Yeah, uh, it's very in line with predator movies in general, which are generally very gory. <laughs> so like, I I like that it didn't skimp on the amount
2: of carnage that this thing could do. And I will point out uh, again, I watched this with uh, uh one of my uh, girlfriend's that doesn't watch a lot of uh, scary movies or or action movies, and. You know, we're watching that the scene. There's a scene where the uh, blood is, is just kind of everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's a really cool reveal of, of something, and, and it's just a really neat scene. Yeah, uh, she got yeah. up and, of course, walk, walked out of the scene, you know, walked out <laughs> of the room. She's like, Okay, that, that's that's a lot. So then, at more towards the middle of the movie or whatever, when when there's some action going on, and you know, uh, a k- kind of mini spoiler alert, I guess, there, there's some predator blood, okay, and mm-hmm. it, it splatters here and there, and there's, there's, there's a couple fight scenes and whatever. So there were a couple of scenes where the, the, it was, the action was so good. It, it, my girlfriend and I are on the couch and my friend Mike, we're sitting there and something happens right next to a tree. And all three of us go, oh! And uh, and Elise, my other friend was like kind of laughing and I talked to her later and she's like, it's green blood, how is that? Ew, like that's, there's nothing there that make it's like a cartoon. And I was like, no, but what? No, I was so upset because it wasn't impactful for her because it just looks like (laughs) green cgi blood to her and so it doesn't matter nickelodeon slime i was so like wait wait what that's the thing that took you out of the movie (laughs) yep evidently that mask was cool too right i know we already talked about the predators a little bit i I dug that mask that bone
1: mask that's that's cool stuff and (laughs) i wondered
2: if it it was like you know i'm not super into the lore of the predators like through the comics and things like that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I did not uh, I did not do a little deep dive. In. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is a created for this film. I don't think it's an Elder Predator or something like that. I, no, they're, they're I referring to it like as the...
3: Peril. Yeah, they're referring to it as the Feral Predator. Yeah, hmm.
2: and which, you know, it's really a, a great mashup of kind of an Elder and some other versions. But, man, talk about bringing all the toys. You know, every single weapon that that, that dude had. I know we already talked about them, but, man, they were really, really fun to watch. For sure.
3: Did it feel like this one maybe had stuff that was more advanced
2: no not really like the um uh the stuff in predator 2 is is decently advanced and then when the thing that kind of threw it off the rails a little bit was in predators they went really crazy because well and technically that is on like their own hunting world so maybe there's like they had the predator dogs and all that stuff and it was more of uh i think the tech got kind of peaked around there and i'm not including the adp movies at all um, but I think even those editors- are still
1: pretty limited to like stuff yeah. you've seen in the other ones because exactly. they're like they're basically like, fan movies, so it's yeah, like, exactly. they're not trying to do too much. Well, but new- I-
2: I I just
3: meant because this movie takes place so much far further ahead of the other ones. I well, mean, they're
1: like, already you know interstellar traveling. That was alien, you know, So
2: it's to Brad. I, to to your point, Brad, I honestly had that thought just for that that brief second, and then I thought what Aaron thought was, oh wait a minute, they're already you know it's a bl- three hundred years or or one hundred and fifty years, two hundred years is a blip on their radar, so they would be just as advanced or, or whatever. No, no,
3: I, yeah, and I don't, I don't like. I I totally buy into the idea of like them already having advanced technology wherever, wherever they are. And it's also something you could easily probably explain away with, you know, space travel, time travel, what have you. Uh, But like, for me, like the one, the one thing that I noticed that felt like, well, I guess two things that I felt felt like maybe they were a little more advanced than what we had seen with later iterations of the predator was uh, a, that gauntlet that has a thing that basically makes the arrows hover above the gauntlet, like in like some kind of gravity field before it shoots them. And then also those, the, the hovering, uh, discs that like created explosions.
1: There's there's two things I can say to that one. Uh, well, there's three things. One, I think, I mean, what I like is that for about the predator in general is that it's a malleable thing. Like they're all different hunters and they're all purposely choosing the things that they want to use. Right. I mean, and I already explained like the cockiness. I do think it, It's kind of matching its environment, right? As far as, well, they use bow and arrows and muskets. What do I really need here? Do I need my laser blaster, like the one in 87? Or do I need the one that shoots arrows? Like there's like... I also love that... I think there's... I just think think there's conscious decisions being made about what weapons
2: it's choosing to use to begin with. And I love the fact that it's almost like they're at the same store. And it's like, oh no, I love the three triangle laser pointer. Like I like that, but I'm shoulder blaster. No, not this time, arrows. But definitely that tracking thing. I like the three lasers. Let's keep that going. (laughs)
1: as far as like the hovering disc thing that's like a bomb or whatever it's like i don't know i mean you know it is what it
2: is it's like they, ch- that's the what's the wrist bomb that it chose or whatever i also still like that they you know he's still a, listen guys he's still a spine ripper okay he's still he's, that's still, their thing. A, he's yeah. still skins and then the that there is a moment in the film uh if you remember in in the 87 and then and then the 90 uh where they they have like a, a blast of, of white smoke air like you know um dry ice type thing that then like gives you a, a skull uh-huh. now in this movie they show that scene and it's a lot more detailed because there's there's more budget so and the, the cgi is, is the advanced CGI, yeah. so you get to see and i really like that so i'm like if you can dial up the, the lore of the Predator and give me more detail about stuff I've already seen previously and just make it more detailed in a, in a great way, but it doesn't this isn't like going back George Lucas and, and and adding CGI to the movies. This is just advancing what you already know about the, the character and making it better.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of it's showing you a lot without like overdoing it. And I, I, loved uh, it. And yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I agree that it's it's not overcomplicating
2: things in the way that like Predator's Could do it sometimes. I still like Predators. I I, No, I'm a defender of Predators, but at the same time, I see what you're saying there. Because man, they he he, there's just dude. You didn't need to go overboard with all this crap. So yeah, I I like
1: I like the approach this movie has as far as it's it's playing again. It's playing on stuff you know. At the same time, I am curious about viewers that just don't know the Predator movies and just watch this at random or because it just like sounded fun. So Uh, what uh, that reaction is like to offer a little bit of perspective on that.
3: uh, My girl, my girlfriend um her only experience with the predator franchise and uh, the reason this actually kept her from the better movies in the predator uh series is that she's only seen uh alien versus predator requiem oh
2: so, great, great great boyfriend you're she, a great she got, boyfriend
3: no no not this isn't my fault she got dragged to it by a friend that she had in college who was like super into it and was like excited about it and she just hated it obviously because it's bad um and so i i told her specifically i was like i was like you should watch uh pray with your parents she's she's currently in utah with with her parents uh and her parents like action movies and i was like you should watch prey i was like not only will your parents love it but you will love it and she was very skeptical she's like i just don't think i will she's like i've had my experience like oh you have i was like but i think that you're you're going to like this just just trust me and watch it with them. and she did and she liked it a lot she even said that she thought it was a great movie uh and i told her i was like see i was like this is why you need to watch the other predator movies that aren't alien versus predator movies because most of them are fun like the original is the best this one is the closest closest to it but like they're different than the alien versus predator movies so yeah, so, sure. so, so, yeah. so she really she really liked it and yeah i was happy the, the that.
2: perspective that i had watching it with uh with my friend elise when before the movie she was asking questions and we were purposefully not answering them. So she's like, okay, so, so we said, okay, but before we watch this, what do you think the predator is? And then she goes, like, so it's definitely a, it's a monster, right? Like a monster. And then, so we watched the movie and she's like, Oh, it was an alien. Okay. I get it. Like It was just so fun to watch it with her. Uh, last thing I will note. Um,
1: uh, this movie is one of the very, very few movies in the world that have a Comanche dub. uh like I oh, wow. think, on, like I count of on, like one hand how many movies I had, and one of them Star Wars, um, and so it it is available to watch on on Hulu currently. You can watch it in both in English and in the Comanche dub with English subtitles. It is a dub as opposed to like I'm a, like I've been I've been trying to research to figure this out because I know Dan Tractor, but he said like they shot scenes both ways, but ultimately the the dub is what it is as opposed to like an alternate version of the movie with takes of them speaking in Comanche. I was um, curious
3: about that because I I. I wondered if I was like, well, why did they call it a dub? Like surely they would have shot those scenes just in the Comanche language. And I was, I'm, I'm actually disappointed to hear that that's what they had to do. Is, yeah. Is dub it it, instead. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's cool that they did make it accessible to, you know, uh, obviously the, the native American people who do speak Comanche, but I would have, I think seeing a version where they had scenes where they didn't speak English at all. And they just had subtitles might make
1: it a little bit yes. cooler. Yeah. So, so at this point I've seen it twice and I watched it the second time in, in the Comanche dub. And, you know, it's a dub, so it's obviously gonna have that effect as far as like, obviously they're not speaking this language, but I'm listening to the words. But at the same time, you get kind of used to it after a while. And it was interesting to like watch it that way. And it, yeah. it 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 made it clear that the visual is certainly doing a lot of work, which is what you expect in the movie anyway. But like, I do think it's, it plays well as a film that's really reliant on you observing and visualizing what's taking place and the dialogue's just kind of an after the fact sort of aspect of it as well. Yeah. Um, so it's I mean, you know, it's unique because it's Comanche. Like, again, not a language that's used <laughs> for dub tracks for many movies at all. So uh, and yeah, I, I agree with you, Brad, as far as like, it's very cool that they've kind of they the the cult, you know, everybody combined forces to kind of make something that feels like a fitting piece of representation, as well as a kickass sci-fi action movie. <laughs> so. Yeah. OK, so Prey is currently screening or uh, streaming on Hulu. Uh, ben, when should people see Prey?
2: Uh, why haven't you all seen it already? Fair enough. You need to see it immediately. Brad?
3: Yeah, watch it as soon as you can. Uh, You know, if if you haven't seen um, any of the Predator movies, I would say maybe watch the first one before you watch this, just for funsies. But honestly, maybe watch this one first and then go watch the 1987 one. Either or, you're going to have a good time. You're going to enjoy yourself. Uh, You're going to watch two great movies, uh, maybe a double feature. But yeah, just watch it as soon as you can because it's, it's I great. I still...
2: I still think you would you should watch the first one first only because it, even though you don't need to see it because they do a good job just the overall aspect of like the infrared and like the mud and all that like it, there is a little bit there that is worth it seeing the original first.
3: I but I do think that this one operates so well because like it it, it explains all those things without you needing to see sure. the first movie that like I it, agree. like if, if you've seen it you're definitely keyed in and there are some a couple good uh you know callbacks to the original as well I just so, want
2: people to watch the first one
3: of course <laughs> of course but but yeah i mean definitely watch both of them uh watch watch this one first watch the other one first whatever like i said you're gonna enjoy yourself just do it
1: i i agree with you guys whatever floats the boat in terms of the order but this movie is pretty rock and roll and i'm all about that so yeah this movie is a uh, a solid immediate great. Hulu watch from me. Great, 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 great. Okay. So we reviewed Vo Films. Now it's a time what time is it here? It's time for it's time for some games. That is of course the improv theme for games. And boy, do I have games for you guys this week. I have two games for you guys this week, and I'm very excited to present them to you. Uh the first game is called Gangsters Paradise um i have a series of gangster comedy films here and what i'm going to do is i'm going to read the cast list from the bottom going upward and as soon as you think you know what movie it is i want you to say your name and the answer make sense got it sure here's the first film aid Stephen graham jason fleming robbie g ben no it's Bro, brad brad <laughs> <laughs> snatch snatch is the correct answer you go to Bremner, rachel badaya lenny james vinnie jones dennis farina oh
2: yeah i would have got it at vinnie jones yeah. so we're this is gonna be great
1: okay here's the next seems, one seems weird that stephen graham's at the bottom
2: i tried to arrange it
1: so it wouldn't be obvious um, <laughs> so, um I spent a lot of time actually organizing names. Just <laughs> so like, what's the least? What's the least giveaway in this? Okay, here's the next one: Ella J. Basco, Ali Wong, Chris Messina, Journey Smollett, Rosie Perez, Brad, Brad, Birds of
3: Prey, or the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn.
1: I almost give you a bonus point for that full answer, but I will give you a point for that because that is correct. <laughs> Here's the next one. Lily Fraser, Eddie Marzan, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong. Brad.
3: Brad. <laughs> the hate gentleman. You
1: so much. <laughs> the gentleman is the correct answer. Uh, I still have yet to see that. It's pretty solid. Yeah, it's pretty good. Here's the next one. Zeljko Ivanek, Gabare Sidabe, Kevin Corrigan, Tom Waits. Olga Kurlienko, Harry Dean Stanton, Abby Cornish, Michael Stuhlbarg, Michael Pitt, Christopher Walken, Brad? Sam, Yeah. Seven
3: Psychopaths?
1: Seven Psychopaths is the correct oh, Sam Rockwell, Woody Harrelson, Colin Farrell. So, yeah.
3: I forgot half of those people were in that movie.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a big cast. <laughs> Here's the next one. Reg E. Caffey, Nancy Fish, Tim Bagley, Richard Jenny, Amy Yazbeck, Peter Green, Peter Rigert, Cameron Diaz, Jim Carrey, Brad. That's the end of list, Brad.
2: The mask. The
1: mask. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> I am so in the weeds over here. Like, what the fuck? Yeah,
1: uh, my brain is broken tonight. That was a fun one to be like, "Oh, that is a gangster comedy."
3: <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I was like, sitting against myself. I was like, "Wait a minute."
1: <laughs> I'm
2: like, camera juice I'm like, night and day. Is that a gangster <laughs> comedy? I don't know.
1: Here's the last one for this game. David Paymer. John Grease, James Gandolfini, Delroy Lindo,
2: Dennis Farina. Oh, Ben. Ben? Uh, is it, uh, is it um, lock stock and two smoking barrels? Uh,
1: it's not lock stock and two smoking barrels. Uh oh.
2: Danny DeVito.
1: Brad. Brad. Get shorty. Get shorty is what we were looking for. Is it be cool? Yeah. I you know what i almost did be cool instead of get shorty honestly damn it <laughs> and that also has a huge cast and it's really wild it's like steven tyler uh the rock vince vaughn cedric the entertainer harvey Keitel. like what the fuck is this movie that's crazy that is a that's a good cast right there <laughs> it's a bad movie but yeah it's a cast yeah <laughs> okay well brad you handily won that game
2: so good. It, I, listen, let's be honest here. I, I would expect Brad to kick my butt in a lot of this stuff, but uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try it again. We're, we got one more game. We got one more game. This one is called "If It Bleeds." You can name that movie. Ooh,
1: Ben, <laughs> this sounds like it's for you. Yeah. Every every title in this in this game has blood in it.
2: Every title,
1: yeah. Every title has blood in it. I'm gonna okay. read you the tagline of the movie, and you have to guess what movie I'm referring to. Oh, okay. If you really know the answer? Say your name. In the answer, here's the first one. I have two taglines for each of these because some of them are more vague than others. Here's the first one: When ambition meets faith, Ben. Ben, there will be blood. It is there will be
3: blood. Wow, (laughs) Jesus! (laughs) No, hold on. Would you have guessed that? No matter
1: what the tagline was.
2: As soon as he said ambition, I was like, "Okay, I I hope to God this there
1: will be The other ones were obvious. It's there is there will be greed, there will be blame, vengeance. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. Here's the first tagline. It will cost you everything. Uh, Ben. B- ben. Blood diamond. It is blood diamond. Damn it. That
3: was gonna be my that was gonna be my guess too, but I wasn't sure. I want another tagline. Sure.
1: The other one is no one has found a diamond until now. Wow. The second tagline really <laughs> do give it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the next one. One war against one man.
2: But Ben, Ben.
1: Ben? Uh Rambo first blood. It is first blood. Damn. <laughs> wow. It's coming alive in the second round here. Here we go. here's the next one being a hero is in his blood i'll read the second tagline you don't need a past to have a future brad brad bloodshot it is bloodshot (laughs) one of the one of the final movies before covid shut down theaters The last press renee I went to before everything closed for a while was Bloodshot. <laughs> yeah, for real. Here's the next one. Dark secrets revealed. Uh, ben. Ben? Blood simple. Incorrect. Ooh. Here's the second tagline. Once again, I must ask too much of you, Harry.
3: Oh, uh, Brad. Brad. Oh, damn it. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. That
1: is correct. Here's the next one. Two more. Roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, the next is you. Brad. Brad.
3: My Bloody Valentine.
1: My Bloody Valentine is a correct answer. Nice. The other one is Harry's out to steal your heart. These are good taglines. <laughs> These are fun.
3: That also okay. could have been a tagline for Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Here's the here's the last one. Tie game. Oh, boy. Passion led to adultery. Adultery led to murder. Ben? Ben, Blood simple. It is blood simple. Oh, Look at that.
3: There, there he is. Ben takes the win.
2: <laughs> Good job. He's, he's a rascal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, during that first game, uh, your, your listener's like, why the fuck is this guy on the podcast? Uh, he, he... <laughs> but and then, then he, he came completely around, like, redeemed himself. I love blood so much. I know every blood movie by heart. <laughs> Honestly, when you said it, you know something, something he's in your blood or or whatever that one was, uh, I was like, "Ooh, Osmosis Jones!" Yeah, well, no. no. <laughs> ah, well, that was
1: fun. Both of you guys took a win. Everybody's happy. Hey, yeah. how about that. All right, let's get to some out now feedback, 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 feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook.com out now podcast. I asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us a variety of answers here. And I will say, as I go through these, Ben and Brad, if you have any answers of your own you'd like to throw in, feel free to do so. So here we go. What's the best look for Brad Pitt from a movie? Chris writes, Rusty Ryan in Ocean's Eleven and Mike Mickey O'Neill from Snatch. Uh, Nippon has the iconic leather jacket from Fight Club. And Philip writes, I dig his everyman looking money ball. I could go to my closet right now and find that kind of getup. This Brad Pitt look
3: uh, I would say uh, mr. and mrs. Smith he's pretty pretty suave in that one
2: okay uh, I really I really liked him in uh, once upon a time in Hollywood I thought he was just like kind of like a the cool customer and that, that was...
3: shirtless scene too
2: <laughs> okay we're doing that then I, then troy oh hello <laughs> oh and uh don't
3: forget how great he
2: looks in deadpool 2
1: <laughs> 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 all right okay next question here who are your favorite quirky cinematic assassins chris writes ken and ray from in bruges and philip writes i like how Jules struggled with his conscience in a bit in pulp fiction and dan Aykroyd and gross point blank may be the most unlikely assassin ever i'm all for references to ghost point blank of course but other favorite love cinematic film. assassins. I love that film.
3: I mean, John Wick, of
1: course. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is he quirky? I mean, he, he has a big old back I, tattoo. I'm he, thinking his back <laughs> <laughs> tattoo. I think he, I, I think he's pretty quirky. He has a dry sense of humor. I think he's quirky enough. You know? I mean yeah, just
3: just the, just the way he talks, I think, makes him quirky. And that's a Keanu Reeves trait. But you know what? I don't care.
2: I mean, it plays into that for sure. That's fair. Uh, Ghost Dog.
1: That's my answer to this
2: uh isn't uh uh what's the character's name Javier Bardem plays him and Anton Ant- Chigurh Ant- yeah Chigurh. there you go here's that's my quirky assassin okay
3: <laughs> uh maybe maybe Joseph Gordon Levitt and Looper just because that makeup's weird
2: <laughs>
1: yeah that's quirky all right his nose is quirky how about Joseph Gordon Levitt when he first goes to to uh to Tokyo or France or wherever he chooses to go to at the end of the day <laughs> his hair starts getting all he starts morphing into Bruce Willis more yes yes yeah. That uh, i i like loop i think we all like looper plenty but i Looper's i really great. like that i really like that montage of him like evolving into the older version and it gets there's like a hard cut where it become where he is bruce willis i'm like okay i like what you're doing here movie i like, I like this transitional phase from joseph gordon levitt someone that absolutely does not look like bruce Willis, and they somehow make that work anyway <laughs> yeah. yes uh, I also like that Joseph Levins in most of that movie, and Bruce Willis is like, I'm not changing my face. The kid can change his face. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, next question. What are some great films set aboard or featuring key scenes on a train? Chris writes, Real Answer, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yub Yub, or Snakes on a Train. <laughs> uh, Jason Coleman, friend of the show, writes, Runaway Train, badass. Philip has High and Low, great film, and that Ransom Drop
2: sequence is tight. Uh, you know, Under Siege Two, Dark really probably <laughs> no. I think that Unstoppable, man, that's a great movie. It rocks. That said, Under Siege Two, good movie.
1: Actually, I I don't hate Under Siege Two. It's, it's I loved it. I think it's I think it's among Seagal's best. Uh, well, it's a short list. It's a not a long list, but I mean, it would be a highly it would highly rank on there along of like Executive Decision, the Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Yes, perfect movie. Uh, the Midnight Meat Train. Of course, perfect movie reference and oh, so uh,
2: <laughs> What's the What's the one that's a movie now? Snow Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that movie.
1: It's a great movie. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I, what's it? Um, From Russia with Love has a great fight sequence on a train with Sean Connery and Quint. <laughs> oh, Source Code. Oh yeah, Source Code. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's our train uh, time. That's our third episode ever on this
2: podcast. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say uh, Before Sunrise.
3: Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love
2: the fights in that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Was it Was it supposed to be fights no. on Train? No, 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 no just, just set this train. Movie set on Train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just seems like most train movies are action themed. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah that's Fair right. enough. There's
1: other things that happen on trains. <laughs> uh,
2: I never saw it, but my girlfriend still wants me to watch Train to Busan. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
3: I also what? haven't seen it, but great, I have
1: heard it's very good. Great romance scenes in that one. <laughs> i see what you did there oh you guys would dig that one for sure that's a lot that's a lot of fun um and you can see the that that big bruiser he's in eternals um uh was it it don kim uh mm-hmm. he's 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 fucking cool and trained to boost up <laughs> nice he beats up zombies with his bare fists it's great awesome. um uh, all right next question here what's your favorite non-tarantino non-guy ritchie gangster comedy scott writes midnight run chris has the sting and Philip has big trouble in Little China. Uh,
3: probably mafia.
1: Jane Austen's mafia. Wait, is it with, called Jane with, Austen's with, mafia? I think it's with, Jane Austen's with mafia. Exclamation points. Bridges. Uh, yes, and Jane Moore, the yeah. spoof comedy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Jane Austen's mafia.
3: <laughs> that's that's funny. It is funny. <laughs> I I didn't realize it, but that that is funny. Wow. Ben, you uh, don't like mafia. My, I, mean, a, I, don't, I don't point, know that so I've mafia. ever seen it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, it's, okay, I mean, it's just, officially, I, I it's officially, officially it titled list, Mafia.
1: You know? Like that's how it's listed on IMDb. Well, no, it, it, yeah, it's his original title Jane Austen's Mafia. <laughs> just yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think more uh that's, oh, Abram, uh that's Abrams, right? Jim Abrams.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely from this the same spoof group as uh, Airplane and Naked Gun. And
2: the uh, the for the freshman, the freshman. Oh, the freshman, yeah. Okay. No oh
3: brother. uh my blue heaven oh, yeah. oh
1: i love my blue heaven yeah good fellas but dramatic <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how they call it uh i'm a this is not my, this is my favorite
2: but i I really like joe
1: Cartahan's Smoke smoking aces i i like that movie quite oh good. i love
2: smoking aces i'm a huge uh, defender of that film i i, I think, think it's, it's I, stu- I, that I they made the a sequel really which fun. sucked but it was just so fun the first one the cast yeah. right the cast did it
3: you know the cast is good, but honestly, I've never understood why people love that movie so much. Like, I think it's, I think it's, like for me, it's on par with like a bullet train. Like, it's fine. Like everyone's having fun, sure, whatever. But like, I, I just
1: didn't love it. I hear you. Well, most, most people go. You could be wrong. Ticket. It, it, it's fine to be wrong but I, no, I did I and also I really like the soundtrack I'm a big fan of the soundtrack soundtrack is very good that's for sure and it's also uh, Chris Pine being like oh yeah that's right I'm just like a weird character actor like that. I really like Chris Pine when he's like weird character actor
2: does uh I don't think this qualifies because I don't think it's necessarily like mafia related but uh you remember that movie Shoot 'Em Up yeah I mean it's so basically
1: I, gangster Paul Giamatti he's you know he's like a gangster
2: he, you know kind of like an underworld boss right like I really yeah. like that film
1: not funny <laughs> <laughs> have a carrot brad i like, I like clive always just pissed his character is pissed off like that's yeah. his whole movie. Was yep. hey hey do we think clive owen's a good actor because i don't think so uh, do
3: you know was he okay in children of men he is good in children of men and that's it he's in my he's,
1: isn't he nominated for closer is he like an academy award nominee for that movie
3: yeah, yeah. but I don't, I don't even think closer was like really all that like yeah,
2: let's be honest you didn't remember closer nobody does but- <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, like I, 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 yeah, closer. I don't understand what all the hype was about with closer, and and I'm a big Natalie Portman fan, and if any movie is going to do it for me, it's going to be closer. Uh, but yeah, don't think it's that great. Don't think Clive Owen is that good of an you actor. Don't
1: think Clive Owen doesn't do anything for you. I don't no. know. I mean,
2: I liked Inside Man, but maybe I just like the movie. Yeah, and like that's the thing is like yeah, I, I like the movie. But he's I don't in some th- good movies. Okay, fine. He was in the Born Identity, and I really like that movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, and like he, I just don't ever think he's really doing anything remarkable. Like I feel that's like fair. he's just he's just sitting there and like kind of mumbling his lines.
1: I I could, I would I would say that a lot of like the big the mainstream movies that used him don't really use him that well. Like because I think like small like Croupier, like the smaller movies he was in when he was like getting started, I do think there's more there than just kind of a vibe that he gave up after being like bmw spokesperson guy that kind of carried through the rest of his career yeah i do think some early stuff and i do think children of men he's very good in uh but that's a movie that invites him to do more right he's not just playing cool yeah, though, yeah. he's playing like a conflicted guy dealing with an impossible situation and right I don't, I don't i don't think enough movies really worked with him on that level and so he just never really went anywhere from that which is a shame mm-hmm. like Say so, yeah, I, I hear you. It's not like a you know looking out, being like, "Oh, Clive Owens in this. Finally, let's get this guy going again. <laughs> let's get this guy going again. <laughs> let's get this guy going again." That's how people say it. That's that's what. <laughs> that's Guys, what Clive Owen is back. That's what Tarantino said in '95. Say, hey, oh Travolta, let's get this guy going again. <laughs> let's get this guy going again. <laughs> um, that's all right. Next question we have here: Who are some great movie hunters? So I out Friend of the show writes Elmer Fudd. Uh, Chris has Anton Chigurh. Scott has the most dangerous game, uh, and Philip writes Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas in *The Ghost and the Darkness*.
2: Great movie. Uh, Tommy Tommy Lee Jones in uh, *In the Hunted*.
1: Oh well, yeah, with Benicio del Toro, that's a great yeah, movie. That's a he, kick. That's that's, awesome talk about movie. simplistic movies. That's just like Seriously, this guy's on a, the loose. You got to get him. All right, I'll make a knife. Yeah, <laughs> that's the movie.
2: Such such a very very well done movie. And he's a great because when I think of hunter in this in this term, I'm thinking of like trackers more than yeah, hunters. I sure. guess.
3: Yeah, yeah. I would say that uh, the inglorious bastards are probably pretty good hunters. Yeah, and there's also the Jew hunter in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would. I would say he maybe he's the best of them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Jeez, whoa. he certainly wow. seems to see through brad pitt's very convincing disguise as an italian man
2: <laughs> uh other hunters and movies hunters uh hunters uh... yeah no because I, I get confused when i'm like oh, tom berenger and sniper yeah no that's a sniper ben <laughs> but snipers are hunting that's fair well, the most know,
1: dangerous s- game next year guys uh aaron taylor Johnson is gonna be back as craven the hunter so we can look forward to that
2: Oh nice And then we
1: can start we can start it out. It's craven time. We can just put that out there in the universe. It's craven time you don't even have to change the gate the name there you just, you just say it. i love it it's
3: Craven time <laughs> I, i'm realizing now something that just happened that i didn't entirely get a grasp on what uh i, I didn't realize that you were referring to christoph waltz's character i thought oh, you were
2: the talk- <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, that's why I was I, like, easy brad yeah no
3: i thought you were talking about, uh, the about yeah about eli uh uh roth's character no. <laughs> <laughs> did, did not register that it was yeah there was two different things so yeah. uh <laughs> I don't necessarily want would, to use the word best when we're talking about someone who is killing a lot of Jewish people. So maybe let's just strike that from the record.
2: I'm like, is he, he's doing a bit, right? Like, what are we doing here? I don't know.
1: <laughs> there's a bit. I absolutely love Adore and Glorious Bastards. But there's a bit with him and I think it's Don Omar. Um, They're like the two bastards that are in the movie theater with Hitler and everything. Where like, he's like, you got to get that guy so I can get that guy. And he's like, can you do it? And I have to. And he just get that like slow-mo, like he tackles the guy, stabs him, and they are able to like infiltrate and kill Hitler and change the course of World War II, because that's how it happened. Exactly. Uh, Anyway, uh, next question we have here. What's your favorite weapon or ability the Predator possesses? Chris writes, the three dots on your head scare the shit out of me. Scott writes, the cloaking seems to be the most effective. Michael writes, the disc from two or the blade disc from AVP. And Brian White, friend of the show, writes, big feet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, Easy, buddy. <laughs> and Mark Johnson, in front of the show, writes that net that crushes you is always terrifying me. I like that there's variety in all of these answers. That's a lot of fun. Yes. But what's your favorite ability from the Predator?
2: Brad, you go first.
3: Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, honestly, the cloaking ability I think
2: is is awesome. She's the most useful. That's for sure. <laughs> so, the, the coolest weapon is the arm spike things that come out. Oh, the yeah. Claw. yeah. Because in the original, when he pins Arnold Schwarzenegger down with him, holy shit. I have never felt the way I've felt like watching that scene. It's like, oh my God, that's so cool. That claw thing is fucking badass. I
1: like when they reverse it in this movie with the shield where she's looking up at it and she like, yep. oh yeah. Like, she like quickly yeah. slides to get under the rock. Dude, that's, that's cool. Great. That a cool, cool. bit.
2: Also, when any any one of their weapons, like the claw, does this uh, as well as his spear, where it becomes either full length or retractable a little bit, yeah, yeah, like and so in I think is in the in the Predator where he like does the claw and then like goes a step further and it gets bigger, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and like, oh my god, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh,
1: you know, I I really like the disc. <laughs> the disc is especially, cool, especially when I like when Danny Glover uses the disc. Like that's fun. Oh, absolutely. Um, but that net really is terrifying because there's like, a, there's no way out of this. Like, yeah, it's no, a really you're terrifying dead. weapon. You net. are
2: absolutely dead when that net hits you. <laughs> yeah. Like most things that the Predator has. I, exactly. Yeah, not exactly. One thing on that. He's
1: Ooh, it's not, he's not lacking in ways to kill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why,
2: um, why does the Predator have water balloons?
1: <laughs> Next question we have here. What's another unique location or setting you'd like to see the Predator in? Scott writes, Walmart. <laughs> He's slashing prices. Uh, Brian White has versus Mel Gibson in a war setting. Uh, no thanks, buddy. As, uh, Chris uh, has the apocalypse, aka Mad Max. Fury Road. <laughs> uh, Luke Thompson, front of the show, writes CPAC. <laughs> oh, wow, uh, you're not gonna argue with that one. Oh boy. <laughs> and philip has mashed him up with a jane Austen novel pride and prejudice and predators
2: pride and predators i like it
1: <laughs> what uh what location would you guys like to see a
2: predator in we kind snow. of talked about it a little snow. bit earlier did you say snow yeah i Actually, mean that would be pretty cool yeah like it, it'd be completely
3: different than any other setting he's had to deal with and like that's yeah. that's the first avp yeah not, I know, I know, I Antarctica, Brad. Yeah, we're not, but we're not talking about that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see him like up against like a somebody who is like skilled in like you know in in those wintry environments and seeing how the predator fares in those. What kind of technology would it use? In that, yeah, because the heat is not going
2: to
1: help it.
3: Yeah, exactly. That uniquely harsh environment. I think it would be cool to see what the predator does there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, honestly, like out of all the ideas we talked about earlier, the World War II thing, I think would be a really Uh, unique take on it Uh, you know a a, a beaten down uh, regimen of soldiers that are just behind enemy lines and are already dealing with so much and you dump the predator in on them and they have to kind of you know uh, boy scout it up like they did in the original where the guns and everything weren't weren't what schwarzenegger used right at the end of the day it was nature and and the, the the jungle around him that he was able to use to to do the dirty work so i think that would be awesome
1: or uh predator versus terminator Oh, I would sign up all day long for that. Mm-hmm. Or like a I don't know, like a freaky Friday mannequin situation where the predators and the and like a young boy like swap places and like, oh no, what do I do? I don't- <laughs> <laughs> and the predators like, oh, I'm in school. What?
2: <laughs> 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 It's just the, you just feel like a six-year-old boy go up and just start trying to stab his teacher with his hand and it's not doing anything like, he's trying really to like, unleash his blades stop it so go sit down
1: he's just sitting there clicking angrily in detention <laughs> he thinks he's cloaked he's just like standing on a desk in front of the class. <laughs> completely nude oh no that's not right. oh boy <laughs> okay next question uh, last question here what are your favorite films spotlighting Native Americans uh, Scott writes the Last of the Mohicans. Joanne has from way back Windwalker. Chris has Dancing with Wolves and The New World, and uh, there, that was Christopher. Chris has definitely Blood Quantum, and Philip writes the Last of the Mohicans.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not really good with uh, a lot of Native American uh, movies. I'm not uh, as familiar. I think that maybe the most recent one that I've seen that featured uh, Native Americans would have been what uh, uh, the one with Jeremy Renner. Oh, Wind the, River. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but classically, Last of the Weekends is, of course, a classic. That's a great movie.
3: Uh, admittedly, I haven't seen this yet, but I have heard uh, several people talk about how good it is. And it's, it's in, I just put in one of my cues on one of my streaming services recently. Uh, but I've heard Wild Indian is very good. Have you seen that, Aaron?
1: Yes. Yeah. That's with uh, Michael Gray Eyes. Yeah. That's a, that's a yeah. really interesting movie. Uh, it's a, it's like a slow burn, uh, really cool, like, I guess, like, psycho. It's like I guess just a drama, but it's like, it has like elements that are pretty, uh, pretty interesting. But yeah, good movie. What's, good the, sure. what's
2: the one with the uh, Val Kilmer from like the 90s? Oh, that's uh, Thunderheart, Thunderheart. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's an amazing one. I had to pull that one out pretty quickly. Thunderheart, <laughs> that's one yeah, that's well, uh, wait, that was pretty quick, man. Good job.
3: Also, uh, I, I like in, in the Cupboard still, it's a childhood favorite of mine. Aww that's a, a what's that that's
1: a frank oz movie yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he has a weird filmography when you look at frank oz's movies <laughs> he does he definitely does <laughs> um well cool that was out now feedback 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 and that is going to do it for this week's episode of Out now There and abe uh you can find more of my work my personal blog the code is everything i do ends up over there but i write movie reviews for week of entertainment i write criterion and blu-ray reviews over at why Do some variety of stuff occasionally and i'm on twitter at aaron's ps4 uh brad Ullman, where can people find more of you online
3: uh i'm at slashfilm.com. um i am an editor over there so i don't i don't write as much but i still do get to do some writing every now and then uh ben and i also have a podcast called go flicks yourself that is officially back up and running and consistently uh and we have a new co-host our friend nate has been doing it with us makes it cool. a little easier for us to schedule uh episodes uh, even if we don't have guests so that we can have some fun banter and good conversations uh, ben and I also have a Saturday Night Live podcast. That's obviously you know uh, on hold right now because uh, there's not a new season yet. What? But when it is, when it is, oh. we will be uh, back with new episodes, reviewing and recapping every episode. And our friend Nate also is a co-host on that one. And uh, what's you can that find, called, Brad? That's called the Ten to One podcast. So hmm. named after the uh, the weird uh, sketches that typically aired ten minutes to one a.m. on the East Coast when Saturday Night Live is uh, is airing. And, uh, Ben and I also have a stupid radio show that we do (laughs) called, uh, called Ben, Brad and beyond. Uh, you can find it. You don't have to be local to hear it, even though it is on local radio stations. But if you go
2: to, uh, what's the radio number, Ben? It is, uh, so it's W I M S on Facebook. So if you search out W I M S 95.1 on Facebook, we stream it Facebook live. And if you're in the Northwest Indiana area, Michigan city or LaPorte, Indiana, 95.1 on your radio dial and that is uh tuesday uh twice a month on tuesday mornings at 9 a.m central time
3: and there there is a video stream that goes along with it if you want to you can you can watch that live or you can watch that later on uh whenever you want to and that can be fun because uh a staple of the radio show is i bring on a weird random snack that ben is forced to try and sometimes (laughs) it's always
2: always (laughs) it's bad brad that's not true There's, there's been a couple that you've enjoyed i've tolerated you (laughs) but i will tell you aaron it's not good (laughs) um and of course you can find me
3: on twitter at ethan underscore anderton and uh, also i have an instagram called a brad's junk uh it's at look at brad's junk if you would like to find out about different uh, new junk food snacks oh good uh, soft drinks things like that uh i always post (laughs) about them uh, a few times a day uh, and that's where i find a lot of the things
2: that i torture ben with (laughs) it's true well ben conowitz where can people find more of you online uh, you really don't need to. Brad Brad just really covered it all right there. But uh, if, if you live in northwest Indiana and you need gutters and downspouts on your home, you know, Laporte Seamless Gutter, 219-362-9972 for all your gutter and downspout needs. Great. Uh, here's a question <laughs> for the for the <laughs> I really hope people Great. call him based on based on this podcast. Be a, oh dude, if that happens, I will give you 20% off. If you oh
3: <laughs> and I don't hear him offering discounts very often. <laughs> what is
2: this Brad's Junk Instagram
1: trying to find this? <laughs>
3: it's yeah, it's, at at look at Brad's Junk. Oh, look it's at the, Brad's
1: junk. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's the, the username is look at Brad's Junk. The page is just called Brad's Junk. But yeah, which I'm is
2: it. insane because I started a junk removal company last year called Chuck It Junk Removal. And then Brad had look at Brad's junk and it was just so weird. that. How we does this both- have
1: 3,000 followers?
2: What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> no, on, honestly, it's uh, it, it blew, started blowing
3: up earlier this year and I don't entirely know the reason. But like all of a sudden af- after it being up for like I was doing it for like six or seven months and it was just something I like to do. And I had a, I had a, maybe like a few hundred followers. And then all of a sudden I had a few posts that just got hundreds of likes and by a bunch of people that weren't following me. And it's not bots or anything. It's just people I think that are now starting to find it uh, through all the hashtags that I use, because not only do I constantly use a Brad's Junk hashtag, but I look for what the most popular, like related hashtags uh-huh. are, and I and I put them in there. And uh, ever since then, it's just been like uh, gradually, uh, you know, increasing in like not like a huge kind of way, but like I've I've been very pleased to see how it's grown in a in a short amount of time. So it's yeah, if you like finding about a random new chips, candy bars, frozen foods, fast food, you know, soft drinks, things like that, please give it a follow.
1: Great. Uh, here's another question. I, I, I'm curious if you guys have this answer. For the 10 to 1 uh, podcast, did you guys have like a favorite guest from last season?
3: Yeah, we did talk about that, actually. Um, it's been so long since we did the episode, though. I honestly don't remember who who our favorites were.
2: Uh, yeah, our least favorite was Kim Kardashian.
3: That's that. That's definitely true. Definitely, definitely true.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, but no, I, I'd have to uh, just very, very quickly because I don't want to say the wrong one because I, I we had so many. Uh, there was so many pe- good people there. Let me just real quickly look at the list. Uh, this is such great fucking podcast.
3: I mean, Jason Sudeikis was great just because he's an SNL alum.
2: The the um, one that
1: caught me off guard, Rami Malik. I like Rami Malik a lot. Rami, Rami Malik was great.
3: Yeah, he was pretty fun. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed him. Uh, oh, I think
2: I liked I liked Selena Gomez a lot. I was not a big fan. Oscar Isaac was fantastic. Oh, there we go. Oscar Isaac. There you go. Yeah. He, he crushed it. Yeah. Cause
3: like in general, our, our favorites usually end up being the seasoned comedians who have done SNL before like, like Will Forte's episode. Oof, amazing. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Great stuff. Just, um, we expect it though. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, as far as like having, you know, actors come in as they're like promoting a movie or a show or something like that Oscar Isaac, I think was, was the best last season. Okay. And then I
2: think maybe one of the more fun things that happened during this season uh, is that Peyton Manning just showed up randomly on a weekend update episode and it was really funny. And it's like, how does stuff like that even happen? I don't know. I've, there's still so much that, that goes on with Saturday Night Live that we both enjoy. And if you like Saturday Night Live, you know, check out the 10 to 1 podcast.
3: And we'll take this as our, our time to say too, because there's, there's always a lot of people out there and maybe, maybe you out there listening are one of them where you're like Saturday Night Live just isn't funny anymore. And I have a, a longstanding philosophy that, the reason everyone thinks that Saturday Night Live used to be good is because all you see of old Saturday Night Live episodes are the best sketches. They're not replaying all of the bad sketches that there are constantly in every episode because it's a live show that's created in the span of one week. So there's always going to be bad sketches. There's always going to be stuff that doesn't work. But it's the excitement of seeing what comes together in that week and what does work. And... SNL is still just as funny as it's ever been. And the current cast of players is still very good. Uh, they lost a few at the end of this recent season. So it'll be interesting to see how certain cast members step up and fill those gaps. But Saturday Night Live is definitely still very much funny. And uh, you should you should give it a shot and listen to our podcast and uh, just hear about what we like and what we don't like about new episodes of Saturday Night Live.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not going to sign off on this SNL soapbox you just climbed on, but I appreciate that. I'm kidding. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, I, I, I am glad to hear uh, you, know, you guys have all kinds of things going on, which is very cool. And I do thank you both, Brad and Ben, for coming on to the show again to have some fun with me talking about these movies this week. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so much, man. As always, my pleasure. For sure. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next until next time, next week, what are we doing next week? There's not a lot coming out. Uh, we're going to figure that out. Abe and I we will talk about that. But until then, until next time, so long and goodbye.